All right, everybody ready? Always. Antonio, if I ready? say no, I'm pretty sure I'll get in trouble. So yeah. <laughs> no, I can wait if you need to. <laughs> no, no, go ahead, man. Okay, here we go. Welcome y'all to the veteran gamers. Juju, Jimmy, other fellas will tell you about it. Ha ha! Play this week. News, reviews, and an indie pick. Thank you, much love. You require a three-bedroom bisexual house share in Walthamstow. Is that correct? Switch that console off before you have to press repeat, yo. What are you on your way to a dick meeting? Hello and welcome to episode 346 of the Veteran Gamers Podcast. I'm Duke. <laughs> This is where you guys introduce yourselves. I'm I'm Rich, and I'm back. <laughs> Yay! We got special guests this week because I'm an idiot, and I forgot that uh, Stu and Chinny were both going to be out of town this week, and so I was waiting for Chinny to catch up and be like, here's when we're going to record, and instead he said, no, nah, I'm out of the country, dude. Find someone else. And so I found these two awesome guys, and we're going to come at you correct with discussion of video games and talking about some stuff and things and speak pipes and emails. So, Yay! Who's got a story to tell? I just told one about me having to ride back over 20 miles to make sure the door was closed. So oh, that was a good story. I think, I think that's intense enough to get the show going. Rich, you got any stories? Anything happening in your life? Um, well, a cat keeps coming to the to our back garden. A cat? So the day so the day we recorded last. The next day, time. I was going to find it's out. Story, 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 story time. Sorry, I have to deliberately play that after you start telling the story. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so the day we recorded the podcast, the next day, I had I was going to receive an email. And the email was if I got into university or not, since I'm trying to get a degree. Yes. And I got in. So that's awesome. I'm going to be studying film. Yay. Watch Don't. out, Chinny. There's another shark in the tank. So, like, Pulp Fiction and stuff? Uh, if you want. Ants. Ants. Or ants, Toy Story 2. the animated movie? Yeah. That's quite a pairing, Pulp Fiction and Ants. That's his first semester, going to be studying those two films. It's the full specter of, uh, <laughs> of good versus evil. <laughs> That's true. And also, uh, medieval torture as revenge for anal rape. <laughs> well, I can't remember if that's that. Pulp Fiction or Ants, but... Yeah, it, I think it's the one with the little little people in it. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, I do actually have a little story. Oh, um, snap. Here comes number two, please, people. Please, please tell. Because I, 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 I know what you're thinking, right? What is the difference between schizophrenia and, you know, tel- telepathy? I'm all the time you're thinking, thinking that. about that. <laughs> that's, that's a joke. Yeah. That's, yeah. It was on the, the Edinburgh Festival. Uh-huh. They, had, they had, like, a top 15 jokes of the Edinburgh Festival. Number nice. one was, see if you laugh. Um, my father would like me to register for a donor card. He's a man mm. after my own heart. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. This is the Edinburgh Fr- Fr- uh, Fringe Festival, which happens every year, and there's comedians from all over the world that go there. There's a documentary on Netflix where Hannibal Burris goes to the Edinburgh Festival. 
Yeah, it's mm. quite a it's quite a popular thing. A lot of people go just for the um, just for the experience, just to yeah. be there. You know, they, they're not like massive comedy fans, and they don't know any of the names of the people that are there because it's mm. never like the big names, really. Right. Um, so, but it's a good place for like young comedians to, like break out into like oh, society, sure. especially if they get on that like top fifteen jokes or whatever, like on the BBC mm. list. Yeah. Um, another joke that was on there that was quite funny was that um, you know, people always think it's so bad being rich. You know, we, you know. That's not even the joke. I just messed it up. Because <laughs> you're rich. <laughs> no, no, the joke was, um, I, I hate that people stereotype me as being posh just because I talk posh, have lots of money, and live in a middle-class house. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, it just reminds me of like Jimmy Carr's humor, except yeah. Jimmy Carr like puts more... He'd, he'd have an AIDS reference in there somewhere. Yeah, someone will be doing something to someone else right. to do with AIDS. Yeah. Oh, Jimmy Carr, mm. you and your AIDS buffoonery. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I guess it's time for us to talk about what we've been playing then. What you been playing? What you been playing? A lot of times we'll drag out all the different parts of the show. I'm looking to get done in about an hour and a half, so I mean, I'm not going to rush people, but I'm also not going to be like stew faffing about and uh, dragging my feet, so Considering I've had to check my Xbox feed to see what I've been playing recently <laughs> since I've been out a lot and working a lot. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's going to be hard. Yes. Okay, well, we'll give you a minute to do that. Rich, what have you been playing in the last few weeks? I've been playing One Man's Lie. Oh, snap. You saw the true uh, humorous <laughs> uh, trailer for that. That video was, honest to God, the most the funniest thing I've probably seen on the internet in, like, 10 years oh yeah it's very funny it's, for those who don't know I there's just, a great little uh video that someone made of a trailer um yeah yeah they they, they cut like 30 like the first like 10 seconds of the no man's sky uh original trailer where he comes out of the cave and there's like woods and deer and dinosaurs or whatever yeah and it's got richard oh, natterborough from jurassic park saying welcome to jurassic park right. and then it cuts to like this weird cow dinosaur mix who stands up on two legs, alien creature, just clipping through the side of this really barren mountainside with like the harmonica version of the Jurassic Park song. And it, it's honest to God, just hilarious. So you need yeah. to watch it. But yeah, I've been playing No Man's Sky, but I actually love it. I'm not one of them people that's like, Ugh, he lied. Right. Um, so we should talk but, like, a little bit about that. There was an incredible amount of hype when this came out, before it came through out. Through the roof. Yeah, it was through the roof, wasn't it? It was through the roof. Mm. So, what do you think about that? Like, what were you? You weren't taken in by the hype. Um, or what, did you buy a day one? I, well, yeah, I suppose I bought it week one. I think yeah. I got it for the, the end of the week. Right. Which which version? PS4. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have had it crash like twenty times. Oh, that's frustrating. Which is yeah, it's the only console game I've ever remember crashing with me. Yeah. Um, I should be used to crashing with PC games, but I know, right? You know, it's weird on the PS4. But yeah, just with the hype and stuff like that. There's a couple of Reddit posts if you want to, you know, defile your own humanity and go on Reddit. Um, the the talk about some of the lies, quote unquote, that yeah, the developers said. Well, they, in, I mean, to be know. fair, he did lie in a couple of like actual moments of lying. A yeah, lot of it was suggestions, but he did in some points lie. Like when he said there's going to be multiplayer, I mean, maybe that if it's not ready day one and it's coming, okay, but it's kind of messed up for him to say. They asked him point blank, is there going to be multiplayer? He said yes. That's messed up. 
See, I think, and I agree that, that there were some times where like direct quotes from from himself in the marketing campaign in the interviews did not add up to what was actually released. But right. I think people have to sort of understand what a lie actually is. A lie is like the untruth, but with uh, malice and like purpose. So you, I don't know, dude. If honest... I ask you if you're cheating on me and you say no and you are, that's a lie. Well, it's a lie if my intention is to lie. But <laughs> Should we go if, for dictionary.com's version of a lie? <laughs> what is it? Let's, let's, let's say for... Go... Okay. Go ahead, we'll go to the top one. It's a false statement made with a deliberate intent to deceive an intentional untruth of falsehood. Would you say okay. what he's been saying about No Man's he Sky He was trying to that? sell the game, so of course he's doing it deliberately. I I looked at what he said, and, and I might be a little biased, so because I like because I enjoy the game. That, I do too. That, I know, should I'm, point out I, that I, I enjoy it too. Go ahead. Yeah. So just so just so the bias is aware, I am yeah. I am on the side of enjoying it. But right. the things that he did say could be in certain contexts taken as not so much bending the truth, but more of a vaguety. <laughs> if you look at some of the things he says in the interviews, he doesn't ever really give you a definitive answer about anything in the game anything at all even the basics like flying the ship he just says things like you know there'll be battles in space right. and people think with that oh right, i'll be able to join like a gang and we'll be able to like go on right. all out war it'll be like, red no, dead redemption just, out in space right yeah no it's ships spawn and sometimes they're shooting each other right so it's it's not so much that he lied about that specifically it's more that because he didn't give the full story and left it to people's imaginations. Obviously, people's imaginations went wild. Right, and I mean, um, that that's probably intentionally done because he knows people will get more excited if he doesn't just say, well, occasionally there will be some pirates who try to kill you. Yeah, and like with the multiplayer thing, like he never really specifically said two guys will be able to meet on a planet and fight each other in a clan and join other clans and it's like a big MMO. Or you it's know like what? There's no way in which this game can be described as having a multiplayer right now. The way he described it for me, from what I've seen, and there were a couple of times, I will honestly say, there were a few times where he hinted that there would be a multiplayer element in terms of interactive between two players. Yeah. But in most of it, from what I watched, he always said that like you'd be able to like see people have been there. There'll be like a, you know, a thing that you'll know, and right, it's the right. name of the planets and stuff right. like that. You know, I, I went to a star system. And I don't know how because there's like quintillion planets, but right. a star system had already been discovered by yeah, someone I've, else that I've I was in. I've had a few of those, yeah, sure. So I know that some guy named like Sniper X101 found right. this star system. Yeah. So in a way, it's like it's a it's more of a social multiplayer rather than actual multiplayer. See, so again, I think using I, the word I, multiplayer I'm is sorry, kind yeah, of misleading. You know isn't what? It? I'm sorry. That I don't see that as a multiplayer. That's a it's a it's That's a connection to using, using the word multiplayer was kind of misleading, wasn't it? Yes. Because it's it's not so much multiplayer. It's more social media interactive, like. You can see people's names on things in your game. Yeah. Real but, people's names. So it's not like it's not like this is a single player experience like Skyrim where it doesn't fucking matter what someone else is doing, you'll never see it. Right. In this game, if someone names their planet Big Ticked Big Cock, for example. I mean <laughs> oh, how did you know what I named thing. my planet? That's amazing. Yeah. You know, that'll break the immersion because right. you'll come into this star system with like the right. Star Trek theme in your head and you'll come right. you know, this is uh, in, in the Eucalyptus galaxy, this is Star Tits one oh one cocksucker. <laughs> yeah. So th there were some things that he kind of led astray, I think. But personally, I think he just left a lot of things so vague that 
it's completely open to interpretation. Right, and that's, I mean, okay, in a way that's fair, because on the one hand, I think... Colin, this multiplayer is like telling your kid you're going to get him a bike for Christmas, and then you get him like a Lego bicycle or something, and it's like, oh, I got your bike, like technically speaking. But on the other hand, I think that the the real blame lies with the video game quote unquote journalists who did not do their job of like pushing and asking better questions and and trying to do actual journalism so much as they did like i'm excited for this game aren't you excited yeah i'm excited we're all excited dude when have we been burned before evolve name a game aliens colonial marines oh well whatever this is gonna be different (laughs) and i think that's what bugs me the most now i'm glad i didn't buy this because you know i have a friend who helped let me play his version and uh and i think a lot of it with the with the journalism stuff like i watched a video i think it was total biscuit and he showed that the yeah. the, the journalisms were like right this is, i can't wait to play no man's sky no man's sky is going to be the best game ever made this is after right. first impressions at like e3 yeah he didn't sure. even play the game right so right. It, it sort of led to the hype train and I'm, I'm i'm gonna side with sean on this one because they are a small developer yeah. you can say what you want about like published by sony or whatever because it's not because it's coming to xbox and it's on pc right it's it's sony picked it up as one of their like indie profiles and then turned it into this 45 pound monster right but i don't think hello games were really prepared for to be honest that's as may be i mean i i put a little bit of blame on hello games but i do put most of the blame on the journalist and here's the thing like i've seen a bunch of reviews that say this game would have been worth every penny if it had been thirty dollars or like $25. And I totally agree with that. I yeah, do or, think that it's or, a or, bit or, much or a to 60. be asking 60 or 40 quid for y'all. Yeah. Or like a you know 40 50 like early access deal. Yeah. Like like state like um you know the the games come out on early access. Yeah, some right. of them are cheap, but if you pay for like a full game on early access, you know that in 2 years when that game's had like 15 patches and it's like this monstrous thing, it's not going to cost you any more money. Yeah. And you help that. I think Part of the problem with No Man's Sky as well, I think, is that the corporatism of Sony would have then had a bit of a say in how Hello Games is running their game. So Hello Games might have had a Peter Molyneux-style list of things that they wanted to do for No Man's Sky. And Sony would have come in and gone, like, right, it needs to be finished by this day. You need to have the marketing done by this day. You know, go gold on this day. You know, that feature's not going to work. That feature's gone. That feature's gone. And perhaps their own ambition sort of let them down slightly because... Again, like Peter Molyneux, he was like, oh, this game's going to be great. Trees are going to grow. It's going to be this massive thing. <laughs> Anytime anybody and says then, a tree is going to grow, you just immediately say, no, lie. You're not, yeah, you know, and, that's uh, not going like, But then reality hits, and they sit down, and they sit at a keyboard and go, right, if tree is five, grow one. And they go, right, oh, no, it's not as easy as that, is it? No. Oh, shit. So then they realize they haven't got enough time right. to do these things. And I think part of that, I think, leaked into Hello Games and No Man's Sky because it was a small team. They were still small when Sony picked them up. Um, and they then had to try and live up to this hype. I'm not, obviously, I'm not defending them. I'm, I don't defend companies. But like right. they then had to live up to this expectation that we all had of this is going to be the greatest thing, the space adventure game we've always wanted for 30 right. years. right. And in many ways, I think it is for me. Uh, in some ways, name, I think name it another is. name another game where you can travel the star system and land on planets in real time. That's Star, like finished and star, out. Starbound. 
in 3D. And not in 3D. You got me there. 3D first person. Do you know right. what I mean? Like immersive. No, I know what you mean. Absolutely. And it's funny because when this game first came out, I was like, well, I'll play it someday. But in the meantime, you know, I'm seeing videos of it. I, w- I want to play a game that sort of scratches a similar itch. So I went to play Planet Explorers again, which I had bought years ago and not been mm. very impressed with. And I played it for a little bit. And it's kind of cool. Like it's got some stuff going for it. But then when I realized that my friend had this in the Steam Share thing, and I was like, sweet, um, I loaded this up and started playing it. I'm like, this is the game Planet Explorers wishes that it was. Like, there's a lot that's really refined about this game. And like you said, I'm having a lot of fun with it. So, Well, yeah, I mean, I think it speaks into that thing of, like, there's no other game that's kind of like this right now. Yeah. So... I think this is sort of where the where the gaming industry is going. I think with this more freedom, like you know, say what you want about Skyrim and stuff when it comes out and it's buggy or whatever. But who else makes a game like Skyrim? Oh sure, and Do you know don't I mean? say The Witcher Three, Stu, because it's not. Yeah, Witcher Three is not Skyrim. Witcher Three I was is. About to. <laughs> yeah, Witcher Three is like got the the successor of the Gothic series. It's, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's it's a different feel. It's kind of linear. I'm sorry, but The Witcher 3 is kind of a linear game. I know nobody wants to hear it, and I know in some ways it's not a linear game because you do have freedom, but you have, you know, it's basically an 80-hour movie. So, whatever. Yeah, a lot of of it's like that. But, like, have you seen the video last week, guys, of Star Citizen? No. What they were showing? No. No. Star Citizen has landing on planets now. Oh, yeah, huh? And it's yeah, I in where like they got that from. it's in like more realistic scale. So like you you can slowly like go into the planet and like you see the atmosphere change slightly mm-hmm. and stuff, and then you can land anywhere you want because you have full control of the ship. Yeah. And what they showed off was there was like two of them because it's like a multiplayer game. One of them was driving uh, or flying the ship. One of them was in the back, and they landed on the planet. And then the guy got out of the back and started walking around on the planet. Yeah. So they have. You could, so you could say No Man's Sky is like the indie version of what Mass Effect should have been in terms well, of like the exploration. In terms of the exploration, sure. Well, so, I mean, but one, one of the biggest things is that you can now explore planets more. That's one of the key selling points they want to push with Andromeda. So, and I think that that's the thing. What, yeah, well, that's the thing from Mass Effect 1. that It was more open. Yeah, there was fuck all hmm. on those planets, but it was a much more open game for exploration than two or three ever you know you yeah. could think about being yeah and i think star citizens star citizen is now that like mass effect style um realistic graphics space exploration game that's like total freedom but with star citizen it's not procedurally generated worlds i don't think i think they're like handcrafted that's what i was but gonna like, say is actually is that i think that this is a huge open game and it's beautiful no man's sky but we need more game <laughs> along the way because the one thing that's really frustrating to me is that you know I'm I'm pursuing these atlas you know abnormalities or whatever they're called and I'm collecting certain things and I'm going toward the center of the galaxy and my question is like why like is there any point and all of the you know little narration that it gives me when I interact with a monument from the monolith or whatever is always like I am compelled to continue forward what is the you know purpose of all of this and my my sneaking suspicion is there is none. Do you think so, it's going to be one of those purpose without purpose type? That's situations? the sense. I I mean, I haven't gotten much to convince me of the contrary so far. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so like so when like I interact with the Gek, to have purpose. Yeah, when I interact with the Gek, it's like, uh, I need 
something something and you can either give him carbon or plutonium or you know a gek charm well i don't have any plutonium i don't have any gek charm so i give him carbon and he's like no i don't want that and he hits me in the face like okay that was a really important interaction i'm glad i had that discussion with him see i think a comment i saw online it made me laugh because it was um i think it was on a a reply to one of hello games tweets and it said that it said that they would rather have like 50 planets that looked like the trailer handcrafted like that right. than 100 billion math experiments. And well, I think the that, thing. That, that comes into it. Like, yeah. Hello Games is assuming that everybody will want to pour 50 hours into this to find the perfect planet, whereas right. a lot of people just want to go in the game and see beautiful planets. Well, see beautiful planets, but for me, I want something in between this huge openness that we have here and the almost total linearity of The Witcher 3. You know what I mean? Like, in The Witcher 3, okay, yes, you can pursue a side story or the main story, but it's a story you're going to follow, right? And Skyrim also has that, but it's it feels so much more open. So, whatever. If we have a totally open game on one hand and a totally linear game on the other, we don't have to necessarily keep harping on The Witcher 3 just because I have a gr- an axe to grind. But, yeah. you know, I, I want something in the middle, for me personally. And I think yeah. a lot of other people were hoping to get some more, you know actual yeah handcrafted stuff along with all the open procedurally generated stuff yeah i mean it's become like a holy grail search for for me trying to find like a perfect earth-like planet i've i found like in betweens like i found one that was very much like what i was looking for lots of grass animals but i had no water so i couldn't Mm. like i just couldn't imagine that would actually be a real planet with all this life and stuff with no water and then i found a a planet that was exactly like earth but it was like skyrim with frostfall installed Ah. So like everything was Freezing too cold, it was killing me. Right. Um, there was tons of animals. There. there was like fifteen animals in every like square, like mile, yeah. not mile, but like um, no man's sky mile. What about you, Antonio? Have you played No Man's Sky? I have not. And you said you don't uh, have much interest in it, huh? No, nah, not for me. Uh, have you heard? Um, no spoilers. But have you heard what's in the center of the galaxy? Yes. Okay. No. Okay. Uh, I'm not gonna okay. spoil it, but. No. Okay. If you want to well, know, I'm... people, you can find it out online. Yeah, it's it's. So. I, I had a good chuckle. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Um, See, I, I would I would like to know because it, the way they're they're writing, I think their write writing is quite beautiful in the game. The the way right. they structure words and sentences in the story of when you're following like the the path and all this, I think it, I think it's really well written. I think but there I think are times when where like there there seems to be like a grand aggrandizing like this celestial sort of mythical amazing thing that does seem like it might go a Monty Python type way where it's like. You know, you open the door of you know, you know Christ being born, and it's Brian there in the fucking cha- in the manger. All right. It does feel like it might be like that, but I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Um, we should talk about some things that we need in this game. Um, we should have a one-button HUD on/off. I hate having to go into the controls and switch it off every time I want to take a screenshot. Mm. Um, you should be able to rename your ship. What is that about? You can rename everything in the whole galaxy except your ship that's just stupid yeah. to me i'm like what, what the would you hell call it? um i think you should have an always on uh access to the trade network through your exosuit when i have too much of stuff i mean yeah you can demolish something you don't really need but when i've got all these gek charms and gra gras and you know a whole bunch of gold in my suit i want to sell it and to have to go find a spot to sell it it just feels a little i don't know silly so I would like to have access to that, either in my exosuit or on my ship. I just think it would be cool to be able to just instantly sell stuff that way. 
Yeah, I think it's one of those things where it seems like it's intent. It's in there intentionally to make the gameplay longer. Yeah, that may be. I think you know, like annoying. like Mass Effect, where like they they had like tons and tons of like weapon mods or yeah. like add-ons and bullets and stuff. Right, when it right. was like you only really used three, so you right. were every like ten minutes you had to go into your inventory and break stuff down or sell yeah. it all and figure out what's going on. Whereas right. they completely streamlined that in two and three, and it just it was better. No right. one wants to really manage inventory. No, I agree. Um, to that level, and I think No Man's Sky would would be better if there was like a not so much like an instant sell thing, but certainly maybe like a find the nearest trade port. Yeah, that would be thing. good. I wouldn't mind that. Or I mean, it's not too know. bad. It's not like I'm like dragging around like where is some place to sell something because you wander enough and you'll bump into a sales spot. But... The most annoying thing for me with the economy is you've like plowed through like something you'll find on barren planets is they'll have a lot of this of rare material on there super rare stuff yeah. like gravity gravity balls or right. vortex cubes uh-huh. um so you'll like load up on gold and then you'll go in a cave and there'll be like 30 vortex cubes lying about mm-hmm. and they're each worth twenty two thousand each yeah so it's like like i'm gonna have to drop all this gold now because gold's right. only worth 200 per unit or whatever and this you know i can carry more of these vortex cubes i can get like half a million just from filling the inventory of this right so that that kind of thing is a bit it's a bit strange because there's always this balance now but at the same time it's fantastic when you land on a barren planet and think i'll just fuck all here and then you think shit there's gravity balls everywhere and then you the you know the sentinels will be frenzied so every time you even move they come after you so it's like a battle of like running around getting shot just trying over these balls right um I got to say, Rich, I'm sorry to hear that you're playing on the PS4 because I believe that the PC mods that are out already, and it hasn't been very long, but we've got some mods that just make the game so much better. Yeah, Yeah. like what? I really feel bad for people who aren't playing on the PC. Now, that said, you don't have the crazy graphics hiccups that a lot of people are having on the PC, but I haven't had those either, so I get the best of both worlds. Um, Mm. The first one is the there's a quick click option. You know, you have to hold down the button in order to register sale of this or that with this it's just instant and it changes the game so much i didn't think it would but it really does because you can just pop in say click 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 sell 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 move up and it just does it and it's so much faster and i really appreciate that i actually gave no i gave a couple of bucks to the person who made the next mod that i will talk about which is called low flight Mm. you know how when you're on a planet it like there's a buffer between your ship and the ground yeah that's something i really hate I can't stand it. But I didn't realize how much I hated it. As soon as you install this mod, it's gone. You could, and in fact, I the first time I played with it, I accidentally tried to land inside a crater. And because the ship kept bumping up against the side of the crater, I died. Yeah. Um, so it's frustrating a little bit. You got to be more careful. As it is in the vanilla game, you don't have to be careful at all. You fly right toward a mountain. It'll, obvi- it'll always bounce you off, right? But with this, yeah. and... You can go underwater. You can fly through like arches and stuff. Like it's really cool. You can fly through caves if they're big enough. It's uh so yeah, low flight is See, I was, really I was hoping for that in the vanilla game. Yeah. Free flight and to fly underwater. I thought uh-huh. it was gonna be like some fucking flight of the navigator shit. Yeah. Well, this this will allow it to happen. So if you ever play on the PC, man, check that out. Uh, there is oh, yeah, a HUD toggle mod. I when I wrote down, we need a one button HUD on and off for the game. I didn't realize there was a mod for that, and then I found the mod. I'm like, ooh, yes, I can do that. Nice. 
and then there's one other that uh, it's called Black Space. I think it's called Black Space. That's what it does. Is it takes a lot of the color out from you know every time you go to a different solar system. There's like blue or purple or green halo all you know haze all yeah. around. And this just makes it black in space. But it does still have some coloring here and there. Um, so it's mm. not a totally colorless game, but it just okay. it feels a little more realistic to be in a space station where it's like black. So. Yeah. That, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, it, it makes it a little harder on the planets because when night comes, it's like really dark. So you actually need to use your, fl- your flashlight, which I had never used before because there was no yeah, reason. Yeah, it's, like, it's like a weird Pip-Boy type light, isn't it? Yeah, just like yeah, totally. Pop on and off. Yeah. So, but those mods are really making the game a lot more fun for me. So um, if anybody's on the PC, if you feel like it's not really, all you got to do is sort of drop it into a certain folder for the most part. There is a script extender that you have to install for the um, HUD on and off, but... Uh, yeah, it's. I th- I think they're great. I, I'm really having fun with those mods, and um, yeah, I'm having fun with the game. So, anything else you want to say about No Man's Sky, Rich? Uh, no, just that if uh, if you're not sure, I think it is worth playing at least. Yeah. Maybe pick it up in a sale one day. Sure, I agree. Definitely worth your mm. definitely worth a look. And uh, yeah. All right. Uh, anything else you've been playing, Rich? No, that's me. Okay, Antonio, how about you? Have you searched yes. through your Xbox list? Well, I want to clear in a few of them from Xbox, but yes. Um, yes. So since the last yes, since the last week we talked, yes. I haven't played an amazing amount. All right. But I've got another speaker about because I've been away to Wales and back working, Ooh. been with friends. Message hi. Um, okay, so as you may or may not know, my name is GH Rocker on these internet spaces. Yes. And the GH is for Guitar Hero. Yes. And Guitar Hero Live came out last year, and quite recently I picked up on the Xbox 360. Uh-huh. Guitar Hero Live is the one that has the new new control scheme. Uh-huh. And um, when I played it, I record it, since I like to do YouTube videos and such. Yeah. And um, I couldn't really work out how I can present this the way I really want to. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of hit me a few days ago, why not make a series where I cover the worst to the best Guitar Hero games? Ah, interesting. So, and no word of a lie, in the past week I have played every single one. Wow. Every, every single one. Like all yeah. the way through? Like finishing them? Yeah, because I, I own every one. Oh my so, goodness. So, yeah. That's intense. My left my left hand is in much pain since... I know, right? Ow. Since I like to play on the hardest difficulty. But so what's, yes, so what's the biggest... Hero. Sorry, what's the biggest difference between... Like the last Guitar Hero game I played was probably like three or something. What's the mm-hmm. big difference between that and the new Guitar Hero Live? Uh, the biggest difference between Guitar Hero Live is um, first of all the guitar. Instead of five colored buttons, it's buttons. It's a three by two board. Okay. So free black and free whites, and uh-huh. you can hold both down in one go to make a two like a chord almost. Okay. It basically it offers many more ways to uh, have a certain song. I see. I personally am not a fan of it, but that's probably because I grew up. With the five button, well, yeah, uh, system. You're like a world um, champion on the original. Yeah, I'm still number one on one of the songs. Yeah, I checked when I was doing the video just to get it on footage in case it ever goes away. Dude. Yeah, it's still there, still there. Suck it, everyone Great. else. <laughs> um, FMV, it's all in FMV. Uh huh. So you, so the main element of Guitar Hero Live is that you are the guitarist on the stage. Right. And in some ways, it it works. In some ways, it doesn't. Like. Mm. I noticed at times that the people who are supposed to be your bandmates aren't hitting the like the notes properly to the song, like right. the drum, the drummer playing the beat, which a song doesn't really have a beat to, mm. for example. Right. Looking out into the crowd is pretty cool. 
Yeah. Like, um, I know how to do the exact effect they're doing, but it's still cool to watch it in action. Mm -hmm. I really like that. Um, there's also a TV system. So there's live, which is playing a surprisingly short career mode. Because, mm -hmm. like, there's only about 30 songs on the disc. Huh. And considering Guitar Hero 3 had about 70, right. and that game is near 10 years old. Mm. Mm. Um, there's a TV mode, so you can either play one of two channels, which are concurrently playing music. And okay. every hour they change the genre, so metal, then pop, mm -hmm. then rock. Um, it's pretty fun, and with that you can also play with other people at the same time. Ah, so so then it's really a current score rush. Then. Yeah, it's a continuous yeah. score rush, huh. which is pretty fun. Yeah. Um, but what's, it, the best, quite sorry, a, what's the yeah. best song that they have on this new one? Well, music obviously is some is subject to opinion, but that is one of my biggest issues with Guitar Hero Life. The set list is pretty bad in my opinion. Hmm. So like Guitar Hero Three, is that's my personal favorite by the way, because yeah. I ended it knowing little to no of the songs and exiting it loving nearly every song. Right. But with that with that game, it was it was aimed at people who love rock and metal. Mm -hmm. With Guitar Hero Life, they splice in certain genres like alright here's one of the set lists in one of the band's uh, story modes it goes Berserk by Eminem by uh -huh. then a song by Pink and then Skrillex wow like it's uh, about half the time half the songs I was playing I thought this am I playing a Guitar Hero game yeah right like, you think they're trying to branch out and reach people who wouldn't be into a regular Guitar Hero game or like I think so that seems so weird because it's not going to happen. That's not like people who are into dubstep are going to be like, yeah, let's get this. Like, uh, there's probably a DJ Hero, which I played as well. There I is played a DJ every... Hero. That game's awesome. Yeah, because um, the heroes. video will probably be what is the best and worst hero games. Yeah, there's many right. different hero games. Sure. And I never knew because DJ Hero had a guitar mode. So I had a friend I didn't around. Either. Huh. He did this. He used the turntables. And I use, I play the guitar. There's okay. only like eight songs. Yeah. But even the even the fact that they fought to that is pretty right. cool. Yeah, it's kind of neat. And DJ Hero Two, you can sing. Okay. But the thing is, you're singing a, a mix. Yeah. So every, you know you, you listen to a lot of mixed music. You know oh, yeah. that a, a lyric will repeat quite a lot. Right. You have to sing that repeated lyric. <laughs> oh no! All I want to do is <laughs> bang, 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 and I yeah. and take your money. All I want to do. Uh. Yeah. That's pretty annoying. Um, but. One of the biggest issues I have with Guitar Hero Live's main story mode, the live mode, is that, you know, when you play a Guitar Hero game, you try and get a good score, don't you? Really? Right. That's one of the main objectives. Well, yeah. There's no scoring in the live mode, the main really? story mode. There's no scoring. So what's the point? Just to finish the song and not drop dead? Just to unlock the song quick play, I guess. Huh. Once you're in quick play, you can then try and get some, some That's points. That's so bizarre. And also, in the TV mode... You don't actually get the score multiplier. You get power-ups, which can be cool. Yeah. But there's no actual option for multiplier. Huh. Which is a big bother to me. Yeah. And also, it's there's, there's you're either doing really well or really bad. So yeah. the crowd will either love you, or there'll be a very quick fade if you're doing badly. And then the crowd will just go, boo, you suck. I was going to say, does the video change when you're doing badly? Yeah, yeah it huh. does. And it is quite funny to see like a woman holding up a sign saying "I love you," then it fades and it says "Get off the stage." It's quite huge. How does she have a sign? Why would you bring a sign that says "Get off the stage" to a concert? That's but like on like, the Simpsons when they're like, "Why would they come to our concert just to boo us?" But as it like the best sets were later on because the crowd became more interesting. Mm. Like they're like they started um, having in the metal one they had a crowd. Uh, they had crowd surfers. They had someone run onto the stage and try and like you know impersonate being you. 
and it is pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's but sweet. it's it's different. I respect them being different because Guitar Hero Live and Rock Band Four came out at the same time, didn't they? They came out within the same week. Mm. Wow. And um, I actually am picking up Rock Band Four soon because I want to do a best and worst Rock Band thing. Yeah. Um, but I played both Rock Band and Guitar Hero Live at Eurogamer. Uh huh. And I enjoyed Rock Band Four a lot there, and I hated Guitar Hero Live. Huh. Interesting. But that's because I guess I wasn't ready to accept the differences. Right. Because when you sit down and think about it, all Rock Band 4 did was bring it to 1080p and add some more songs. Right. At least with Guitar Hero Live, they're trying something really different. Like, when's the last time a AAA game had FMV in it? Right. That's true. That's a good point. Um, a different control scheme, reinventing the entire series, which is, you know, ballsy. Yeah. Having a current, a, a constant streaming channel. Right. Uh, playing music, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But sadly, microtransactions does get into the game. Oh, sadly, I think that's can, that, that's is that, is that Rock Band or you talking about Guitar Hero? There? Uh, Guitar Hero. Because I mean, that's been part of Rock Band's whole thing forever. You know, you buy more songs. It has, yes. and I don't think they ever did. You can buy clothing, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do that in the future. Um, not that I'm aware of. Like okay. for your apparently, character. the new Deus Ex game has microtransactions as well, which. Led really? to someone on Reddit being like, why are people accepting microtransactions in a AAA game they paid $60 for? Well, I'm quite lucky. I only paid £18 for my Guitar Hero oh, Live. There you go. Because it was like £30 for the Xbox One version. I thought, it's FMV. You're not really paying for graphics. Right, right. So, well, they're paying for the it, game programming, I think. Of, I mean, That's mm, what I always thought I about it with Rock Band. Because that, like, that was like the thing. Once upon a time, I was talking to a friend of mine about Call of Duty, and he was like, look, Yes, you don't want to buy a new Call of Duty game, but think about you get, what, 12 maps? So if you get $60 divided by 12, that's like what? I don't know. I don't know math very well. Is that eight? No, it's like five. It's like $5 yeah, yeah. a map, right? So, yeah. like, that's not bad at all, right? It's like that's a pretty good deal. So, you know, if you think about it that in terms of the songs you get in a rock band game or whatever. Well, if you want, if you, if you work out like that, Guitar Hero Live, you're getting, like, pennies yeah. per song. Right. But the thing is... You can earn plays by leveling up in doing the TV mode yeah. and uh, doing some you know challenges in game, but you but you can also pay for plays if you want because when you use a play you don't own the song you're right. playing the song once. Yeah, see that's, that's messed up. I would be like if I bought the game I want all the songs available to me from the jump. Exactly. And there was a and, rock band uh, game that was like that. You had to unlock certain songs as you went through the career or whatever. And I was like screw this. Just let me do it, cause we had a party as soon as we got it, and like my friends are like, "Oh, we can't play all of these. We have to like unlock them." And I was like, "God damn it!" And then we had another party later on after I had unlocked everything. It was like, "Yeah, here we go." Well, with with, with every Guitar Hero game, there's always cheat. You can always use a cheat yeah. to unlock everything. Yeah. All it does is it just turns off saving. Right. Yeah, that's oh, what cool. it does. That's well, what that's I good. always do. That's not bad then. Yeah. For um, like some of the DJ Hero, uh, DJ Hero one and two, I didn't want to mm-hmm. play through the game really. I wanted to just sample what I felt of it. Right. And um, yeah, I used to use a cheat, and it was it was pretty fun. I really enjoyed DJ Hero. Uh, Rich, you ever play a lot of these guitar games? Yeah, I was um, massively into Guitar Hero and Rock Band on the 360 back yeah. in the day. I still have my guitar for Rock Band. I never got into Guitar Hero as much, but I remember when yeah, Rock Band into... put out the Spinal Tap songs. I was like, I spent like two weeks just playing Spinal Tap over and over again. Stone yeah, I got like um, because I play real guitar. Like I got Guitar Hero two, and I was like amazed. I was like, "This is fantastic!" Got yeah. number three, got Rock Band. I bought all the instruments day one. Got Rock Band two. Um, didn't buy new instruments. So I thought, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, fantastic. And what I loved about it was you, you transferred all your songs from number one to two. So right. Rock Band two's mm-hmm. got like 
every song mm. that like I'd, I could want, plus a few downloads like Oasis yeah. and the Boston Pack and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I had a lot of fun for. playing More Than a Feeling. I, I never really liked that song, but playing it on Rock Band is awesome. Because when I can what finally get those, like, you know, note, back and note, like, you know, you do a three-note thing, it was it just felt so good to be able to nail that. And I was like... Hammer-ons and pull-offs, they're called. That's right, that thing. Mm. Um, have either of y'all played, since you mentioned playing real guitar, you ever played Rocksmith? Have you played that intro? Yes. And? Yes, I have. How does that compare? It's, it's, it's fine. It works perfectly fine. Yeah. It has nothing else to say, really. I, I tried it. I've never owned a copy, but every time I've been to Eurogame and it's there, I've always given it a shot since oh. I can play real guitar as well. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. fun. If It's weird. Rock Band 3, I, I remember, tried to, pr- tried to branch out into yeah. real instruments in a sense with uh-huh. the pro modes. Right, right. Mm. So if you bought the Rock Band 3 drums or guitars, you, you, they actually had fret. They actually had proper guitars and proper frets. Mm, interesting. It was it was interesting. Yeah, but it, it seems like just... if you're gonna do that, you might as well go ahead and learn how to actually play the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. So. Very true. Uh, yeah, cool. So that's Guitar Hero Live, and you're gonna have more to say about Rock Band Four when you get that. You said. I will indeed. Yes. Cool. Anything else you've been playing? I uh, I've played. I when I started four, but I played quite a bit. Uh, so I'll say only say a couple more. Um. So have any of you played the Persona series? I have heard of it. Stu has. He's talked a lot about it. Rich, have you heard of the Persona series? I've heard of it. I have heard of it. Okay. So so if anyone who doesn't know, Persona is a spin-off of the Shimogami Tensei series, and it's a JRPG. Um, It's very very long. The games are normally very long. Um, And yeah, it's a JRPG, so it's, you know, a choose-your-own-adventure-style story, turn-based combat, all that great stuff. And um, Persona 4, it came out in 2008 and had a revi- like a revitalization on the Vita, which still stands on my favorite games ever. I love that game. It's weird that my favorite games ever is a Vita game, but yeah. Um, but then every year, Persona 4 had a spin-off. Now, uh-huh. so so year after, they had Persona 4 Arena, which was a, a fighting game, a 2D fighting game, but made by Arc System Software. Okay. Don't even know who that is. They nope. made... Um, the Blaz Blue fighting games, whatever noble games they made. Um, they've made a lot, but I can't think of any right now, sorry. Yes. And then they had a sequel fighting game the, the, the next year, which was fantastic. Also, they also they actually gave the soundtrack in the case, which is pretty cool. Hmm, nice little touch there. Yeah. So when you go JRPG, fighting game, fighting game, what is the next natural evolution in a story, do you think? Tactics. How about a rhythm-based dancing game? Well, <laughs> no, that was not what I was going to say next. Well, yeah, so I've wow. been playing Persona 4 Dancing All Night. Dancing on Ice. Dancing All Night. All Night, that makes more sense. Yes. Although it makes um, also not much sense, but... Well, the story makes sense because there is an, there's a character in Persona 4 who is an idol, and an idol in Japan is like normally a teenage girl, normally they can be boys as well, who are yeah. singing, da- you know, singer dancers. Right. And one of the one of her story arcs is coming to grips with um, does she want to be an idol anymore? Why did she move away? Uh-huh. And she's having a comeback tour. She asks you, the investigation team, you're called to uh, help her be a backup dancer, pretty much. Uh-huh. And um, the stories go, it's great. And whenever there's like the design is so cool. But so basically, a persona is one's inner self, which you can use to power, basically to fight. Okay. Basically. So you have to come, you have to see your inner demons and defeat them to grant a persona. Take that, um, inner demons. Um, 
there are some so cool boss designs right in this game but and i love music rhythm games like i'm a big fan of you know obviously guitar hero the hatsune miku pro, uh, rhythm games are oh. really fun for me okay. um even a bit of ddr from time to time you know we can do um but every time i took on a boss i just thought why didn't they just make this a jrpg or a fighting game <laughs> that's what i'm gonna say sounds like, like they sort of shoehorned in rhythm into an rpg and like the soundtrack has always been a great thing in the Persona series. Like their producer Shoji Meguru, he's fantastic. But again, I want I wanted this to be a fighting game or a JRPG while I was playing it, mm. and it's just it just is sad to me. Like I remember um, at Comic Con 2015, I got to play an exclusive demo of this. because uh-huh. and also here's a bit great bit of promotion. They basically had to play it on a dance floor. Wow. And for some reason, they said, come on, have a dance, before you got to play the game. A bit weird. But I got that on <laughs> that film, made it a video. Yeah. Nice. Um, so if you like music room games of any kind, Persona 4 Dance of Night is definitely something. It's one of the probably easiest ones I've ever played. Because, I don't know, it's just too slow for me. Yeah. I like good, fast-paced rhythm games. That's why I love the Hatsune Miku games, because if you want some fast music, J-pop sure as hell is fast as hell. Well, yeah, it is. And this is so weird. Well. Like I'm, I've got a let's play, and like it's all dialogue. I'm not seeing any dancing. Uh, well, yeah, it's it's still a, it's still a Persona game at heart, which means lots of dialogue, explaining yeah. the story, telling a story. All in all, there's only about twelve dance scenes in the eight chapter story. But so it was crazy. It's just I'm trying weird to find actual have... dancing, and I'm like, oh, here we go. I think I found some yeah, so it should oh, be. Okay. I'm not seeing the stream, but it should be up, left, down, and then triangle, yeah, circle, yeah. X, and also right. some weird circles which you can right, use, flick right, yeah. okay. with the stick. And the benefit of uh, flicking the stick to hit the circles is that you can get unlock a fever mode, which basically means a dance partner will come out and dance with you. Ah, sweet. But imagine you spent imagine imagine Duke that you spent years creating characters for a game, right? Yes. You spent years crafting these amazing backstories oh yeah you've had them go through an amazing journey both right. in a jrpg story and two fighting games yeah imagine then giving your characters to a developer and saying make a dance game just have it. them cut loose on the dance floor why not they they fight hard and they party hard like it's both <laughs> it seems really weird it was quite it was it was quite humorous when they like so basically in Persona 4, at least, there's always some kind of alternate world or universe. Yeah. And in Persona 4, it's the TV world. Because okay. basically, there's if you watch a certain channel at midnight, known as the Midnight Channel, very original, I know, <laughs> you get sucked into the, the this world, basically. It's like Videodrome. It's, basically, it's a, Persona 4 is a murder mystery. Basically. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> like, the reason they say is that this world isn't the TV world. We can't use our personas to fight. We must express ourselves through dance to show them that, you know... I forgot the reason. It's pretty dumb. <laughs> I'm, I'm just playing it. It's obvious. What, what what else would you need to do in order to dance and I don't know monsters or something? There's a lot of jazz in this game. though, like mu- jazz music which you dance oh, to, which is yeah. nice. I'm like I'm a big fan of jazz music yeah, and stuff. Jazz is good. It, that's it's just a great soundtrack. I extract. I basically I extracted the music from the weird memory card that the Vita's use, and it's now on my phone because I love the soundtrack that much. Well, there you go. And it also came with a very lovely sleeve. So whenever I walk around with my my uh, Vita, I can have a weird-looking teddy bear in a disco suit, uh, protecting my PS Vita. So nice. It's 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 a weird game, but it's a weird game. I think Stu would love this. 
But to be honest, I, mean, I, I wonder look if he played it. Part of me I've thinks. Played. Part of me says that he may have played this at some point, but I can't remember. So uh, he's played Persona Four Golden because yeah. I said, "Go on, give it a try. Go on, give it a right, try." Right. Okay. Uh, but I should. I shouldn't have said that. It's a long game. He won't finish it. Yeah. He probably never finished it. He often doesn't finish things. So. I'm saying that though. I'm looking at my games that I've bought slash played <laughs> recently, and um, only two, no, three of them are what you'd say is normal or mainstream. Yeah. So uh, that Rocket League. What can yeah, we say? Rocket League. Rich, have you played Rocket League all? Yeah, he's played it. I, I've played enough to think I'm class, <laughs> but actually suck. It's like loads. Socrates said, the more you know, the more you know you know nothing. Yeah. I think that's true about Rocket League as well. Is, is there anything else need to be said, really? It's glorious, and, and it's, I it's love great. it, and I keep playing it, and yeah. I'm it reminds it. me I, a lot of, like, I know it's like comparing, like, you know, a, a street philosopher to socrates like you like you just quoted yeah socrates but it's like it feels to me like super mario for whatever genre rocket league pretends to be do you know what i mean it's perfect at what it does it is well, there is a mario football game but i know mario soccer was probably the most fun five minutes i ever had on the gamecube yeah ever it was fantastic the wii version is really fun that's one of my favorite soccer games ever mate uh football games the uh Mario Striker series. They're really good fun. Yeah, I've enjoyed Mario Striker more than I've enjoyed any FIFA or PES game. Mm. In, in terms of like fun, it's just amazing. Fantastic. Well, that's what's probably most fun about Rocket League as well, is taking a concept which we know, which is football or soccer, yeah. and then how can we make it interesting? Oh, yeah. So with Mario, it's making it very outlandish, using Mario characters. They all have powers. And with Rocket mm. League, you're in RC cars that can jump and fly pretty much. It's so true. And it's crazy because I remember when I first started playing, I was like, you know, I'd get some decent skills, but I was still having a lot of trouble, especially with aerials. And, like, mm-hmm. I was thinking it would be – I still think this would be cool, actually. If you had a mode where, like, the car only had enough boost in it for, like, 20% of, you know, your max boost that you have yeah. now. So that, you know, you didn't have half the game taking place in the air. It was just – Mostly people on the ground, or you know, you you just couldn't jump. Like I think that'd be an interesting game mode to have in the Rocket Labs or whatever. But now that I'm getting you know better at aerials, I'm like, oh, get out of my way, people. And I've had some goals lately that are just like bonkers, like just hitting it in the air and then flying accidentally, knocking it in. I'm just like, ah, I'm the greatest, and it's like totally luck. So I don't want to admit it. So, anyway, anything else, Antonio? Yes, I thought, uh, let's end it with some more weird ones. Since oh, yeah. You, I played COD Zombies with some mates and Dead or Alive 5, but you don't want to hear about that. <laughs> so, PlayStation had a retro sale. Um, and I thought I bought about five games, some of them being Percent of Reportable, Ape Escape, and Vib Ribbon. Have any of you heard of this? I have not. It sounds like a game from back in the day. It's on the PS1. Here we are as children playing our PS1 games. No, okay, so Vib Ribbon is a game where you play... So if you get up on the stream, you'll be able to see it. It's better if you watch how, it. But sorry, how do you spell it? Unhit, so Vib is in V-I-B. Okay. And then Ribbon. R-I-B-B-O-N? Yes. Okay. So basically, you are a little creature made up of lines. The the, the, the file on my Vita is 25 megabytes, so it's not oh, a big wow. game. That is very and tiny. It's, you use four buttons, so L1 or L if you're on PSP or Vita. Uh, R1 or R, down and X, and there's four things blocking your path. Again, it's a music rhythm game, and it's what what do you what do you do in a music rhythm game? You play the song. Yeah. But if it's it gets really hard. So there's nine songs on the in the base game, and okay. they're all uh, J-pop or 
it's they got one band to basically make the soundtrack and it's a mix of jazz dance electro it looks like rock. you're like a rabbit that like yeah that's a line. Fair to say. okay and um basically yeah you click the but the corresponding object to the prompt so a rectangle a big rectangle in your way is l uh loop to loop is is r a spike pit is x and just a normal gap is down okay but what but of course, it get the music gets much faster, and com- <laughs> they start to combine like a loop de loop with a spike pit, uh-huh. a, a gap with a spike pit, and it gets really hard and really fast paced. Hear this music real quick. Surprised at how tricky it is. Oh, there's someone talking. Especially when you're trying to talk and play at the same time. That's the first song. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, it gets crazy fast, but one of the coolest things about it. And uh, I heard this about I heard about this from a YouTube I watch. And what you can do is you can put any CD you have hmm. in, and it generates a track for you. Interesting. And so I've tried. Ironically well. enough, slower stuff is harder than drum and bass most of the time. Huh. It's weird. Interesting. Um, it's so I tried it before I came here, and I put in um my DJ here. So if you got the DJ here Renegade Edition, you got a special CD. Ooh. Yeah, it went down in price so fast. I, yeah. I paid like 140 pounds. It's like 20. Oh my pounds. god! Yeah, don't forget, people. These games were expensive. Yes. These games were expensive, especially if you bought like rock bands, band in a box. It was like 150 something like pounds. Damn. No, no. But yeah, I put in a song and um, a Jay Z song was on uh, Izzo. I think it yeah. was. It was uh, the song? I don't know which one it was, but it's just pretty cool. And, I, and even it it looks like someone at Sony just came out the PS1 for how can we show off the CD functionality of the right. PlayStation 1 yeah and it's, it's it's cool that's interesting it's really cool is it instant death like you mess up once and you're done or uh, no so um, it's free hits I think and then it, okay. you die but every time uh, Vib I think her name is Vib gets okay. hurt she becomes a different animal I see and if you if you're on a roll Vib like turns into a king ooh and there's little things like that which make Vibin a pretty fun character and also she reads everything on the screen. So if you get a score, she'll dance, say, well done, you've done it, and then say your score. It's all in Japanese though, so. Yeah, I see. Well. But the graphics are very minimal. It's literally lines. Yeah. There's no like polygons or anything. Japan! It's lines. But it's really fun. Yeah. And also I've played some de- Japanese demos on the Vita, but yeah, whatever. I've spoken enough about weird stuff. Yes, well, not for Stu. He's going to be saying, no, talk more about weird and shit games, man. Um, cool. Uh, yeah, well, I've played a lot of No Man's Sky. I've played Rocket League. And I actually, uh, the new game from the makers of Mist and Riven is out. Abduction is finally here. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. And I was a backer on this um, long ago. So uh, I checked my email one day and it's like, hey abduction is here i was like sweet so i went and downloaded it and i played it for an hour and it's good it's it it feels like a game by the makers of mist and riven like it actually does feel a lot like that in that it you know whereas a triple a game today would be um you know You'd have characters walking around that you would interact with in this, and maybe there will be, but so far in this, I've encountered some, like, video projections and, like, hologram type things, and then there's, like, a guy behind a door. So it feels kind of like, you know, in Myst, for those who played that, did you guys ever play Myst? 
Uh, no, I've tried I it last week. Oh man, sorry. I have I have picked up a copy of it. All right. So. Well, when you play Mist, like back in the day when it came out, it was like 1993 or four, right? So full motion video wasn't really a thing, especially on a PC on the Mac when it first came out on the Mac. Um, so it was like they, you know, you'd open a book maybe, and there was someone trapped in the book, and so you'd see a little tiny video that took up maybe you know, a, a sixth of the screen. Well, that's kind of what they're doing here is that there's a little bit of video for this guy behind the door and the spot in the door where there's, a, I mean, you know, some people might look at it and be like, oh, that's so unsatisfying. That's not cool. I think it's fine. I think it works really well. And, you know, it's a bizarre world that you come into. Uh, there's a scenario that, you know, I don't really want to say too much about, but it's really interesting. It it's looks gorgeous. It, it looks gorgeous. Um, the gameplay is very fluid. Uh, I did have a weird thing where I was trying to adjust the um, video settings, and then I didn't realize there was something about like the scale of the detail that was the key thing. So it looked all blurry, and I was mad, but then I realized, oh, wait, i got to adjust this, and it was fine. Um, so yeah, it's running really well. Uh, I'm really liking it. Uh, it's a walking simulator so far. Like, I mean, most of the first hour has been just walking around and trying to figure out like, okay, what's where and what am I going to be doing? And then after about 45 minutes, I finally got to some actual puzzling stuff, which was cool. Um, but I have a feeling that, you know, it's the same with mist. Like you're just getting started. You know what I mean? There's probably a lot of the world around there, um, that is going to be more, puzzly and engrossing and in the meantime it looks great it plays really well it looks lovely and uh yeah i'm having fun with it so thumbs up so far on abduction not very far into it but i will play more and report back next time with more details so all right well that is all i have so far so uh now it's time for us to talk about well, we have done news at this time in the past, but I think it's better for us to go ahead and leave the news alone for one more week, and maybe we'll get back to it next week. But um, we have been talking about different genres of games, and so we're going to do that again this week. Bitch, 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 bitch. Yeah, bitch! Yeah, bitch! Play my, play my, play my game, play my game, play my game, bitch. Oh man, I totally forgot about this awesome song that somebody gave me to play. I should be playing this Thank too. Thank you, neighbors. Thank you. Now let's give it up for Table Five. Ah, 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 ah. Table Five. Table Five. Ah, 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 ah. Table Five. Table Five. Table Five. Classic. Thank you, Antonio, for giving me that song to play. Now, who knows uh, what the sound was in the background that we heard while he's singing. What's that other sound that sort of interrupts him? What? The sound what, that we heard? You mean the sound of like the, the vehicle? Yeah. Uh, that was um, George Bush moving into the house. That is door. George Bush moving in across the street. Classic. All right, so this week I want to, because I know Stu and Chini have nothing to say about this topic, so we might as well go ahead and talk about it amongst ourselves. And we sort of alluded to it earlier. Um, let's talk a little bit about sports games, because right. I don't play a lot of them, but there have been a few that I've picked up over the years, because I got into Pro Evolution for a little while. Um, I played a little FIFA in my day, FIFA. And golf games are the other things that I've played quite a bit of. 
Um, so let's start earliest on. What can you remember is the earliest sport game that you ever played? Rich? Uh, virtual tennis. Oh, shit. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Antonio. <laughs> virtual tennis. Virtual tennis think... on the Dreamcast was for me. Okay. Rich? Sorry, yeah, Rich. I think I think that's a good one, that one. Virtual tennis. Um, yes. uh, earliest one, maybe Excitebike. On like the, oh, man, that's classic. You know, yeah. God knows what machine. That was NES. the NES. Yeah, the NES. Yeah, really old one. So Virtual Tennis, and, I'd never played. Tell us about it. Well, Virtual Tennis is Virtual Tennis. Um, but what I loved about it was that this is obviously I was a little boy here, little boy playing my games such as House of the Dead Two, my Dreamcast, when I was a little boy. And I've always had a soft spot of Virtual Tennis games. Like even when I got my Vita, the first game I got for it was Virtual Tennis Four. Uh-huh. I love Virtual Tennis, and the mini games are one of the things I love about it. So they always have really creative ways to make tennis more fun. Mm. For example, because in the career mode, you're, you know, start as an amateur tennis player, you want to get to world class. Right. And you do these uh, little mini games to make yourself better. Okay. And they got better over the years. But some of the most memorable ones were battling fans to try and hit the ball into a target, uh, avoiding balls of people's to uh, go and get get chickens back to their to their nest. Wow. Which I, I love that one. Yeah. And like little things were also fun. Like on, do, do you remember what the VMU was for the Dreamcast? The VMU? Yeah, I remember what the VMU was. Yeah, it was like, wasn't it like the Tamagotchi thing? Pretty much, yeah. So it was a little, oh, wow. little memory card, pretty much, which has a D pad and two buttons on it. And you could take away games and play a little mini game version of it. Like in Sonic Adventure 2, you could race little things called Chows, which are basically pets. And you could have a little mini game on the VMUs, and then you plug it back in, and then, yeah. But on the VMU for the uh, Virtual Tennis, it showed the score of the match, and then it was it would also verdict a ball, if, you know, if it was in, if it was out. Little things like that were really cool with that game. Yeah. Plus, it looked nice. Yeah, <laughs> so, I was yeah, going to say, for I a Dreamcast, it looks great, I remember, yeah. um, I remember when Vir- Virtual Tennis came out, it was kind of like, I mean, if, if, if you're not sure what Virtual Tennis is in terms of, like, how it's made... Imagine if like a Japanese developer did an EA sports game. <laughs> so it, it's yeah, that Sega. kind of stuff. Yeah, so it's like a, you know, it's like those cool voices and stuff, but it's like I remember Virtual Tennis being like really smooth and really hmm. fun to play and a great like tennis sim stroke arcade sort of mix. Arca- I remember it being like a really good game. Great as well. Yeah. The arcade cabinet versions cuz I used to have um when I used to go to my local beach area, there was always this restaurant and down below there used to be these token-operated um, games, and some of, one of the best ones there was Virtual Tennis. And ironically, a friend of mine has that exact cabinet, so we go and play it sometimes. Cool. Good time. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Um, so what about Excitebike? For those who never played it, mm. how does that... What was it? Why is it cool? Well, see, see, I want to change my answer now. Oh, okay. Because... because Excitebike wasn't really a sports game that I was really into. I thought we were just doing like... Oh. Well, the that's fine. One you yeah, can remember. Way. So, uh, go but ahead. Early one that you were really into was probably LMA Manager on. Um, I think oh. I had. I don't know if it was LMA Manager, but it was like LMA Manager for the Amstrad. Okay. Okay. Um, and it was just a. It was a football like football management game. Yeah. Mm. And it was essentially just like text based and, like when you play a match, like literally like the time, the, the time, the match time just goes up really, really quickly. 
And then if someone scores, it just pops up at the bottom of the screen, like someone scored that side, then someone scored that side. Um, So like championship manager, LA manager type stuff. And it was just me and my friend would just sit there for like hours on a Sunday afternoon, (laughs) just sat there just like trading players and buying players. But we'd we'd go really shit teams like Luton. Apologize for any like Luton fans. Oh, it's on now. (laughs) But like, you know, we're talking like uh, like mid-90s, like, Luton were as far from the Premier League as you can get yeah. but we'd pick these like low teams and like we'd get to the stage where we could buy like uh, well back then it was like Eric Cantona mm-hmm. and players like that we'd buy players like that and bring them to like Luton or like little little teams and it was Try just really fun it, it was just make it, it, awesome it was like a team out of a shit team yeah it was just a fantastic like football manager game and I went in I went in through this phase then of getting like championship manager like every year on on my PC wow. computer uh, I had LMA manager on the PlayStation 1 as well and I was just really into football manager games and then I think around the time I left school I just stopped playing football games mm. completely but So yeah, were you also fantastic. playing sorry were you also playing like Pro Evo or FIFA or was it just the manager part that you were interested in I had those games like I had FIFA and I had um I think I had like FIFA 97 or whatever, and I had like Three Lions, which was like a spin-off. Hmm. Um, I think I had like World Cup 98 as well. Hmm. But I was mostly into the management games. I find like the management stuff was a bit more interesting for, to me. Interesting. I mean, you know, that's fine. Whatever people are interested in is is that's what they're interested in. <laughs> yeah, it was a nerdy game. It was. Sorry, it's all good. I'm having a Sour Patch Kid there, so... I needed to finish that. Um, yeah, well, I'm trying to think, like, because I remember RBI Baseball was the game that my brother and I played so much on the NES. Um, so I'm going to pull up a video of that if I can. Um, this looks like it's Super Nintendo or something. So, yes, here we go. Um, yeah, and it was like, you know, I remember way – I mean, we used to play the Intellivision. I talked about the Intellivision once upon a time, and that had some, you know – it was just baseball, you know, in the same way that the Atari had, you know, whatever, Warfare or Dungeon, you know, very basic name games. Um, they also had on a television, they had baseball. So when the NES came along and we had RBI baseball, you could pick, you know, your pitcher as they're doing now on the stream and you could pick your team. And it it just felt it was taking it to the next level. And it, it really was the first time that we felt like the team was ours. And, yeah, it took some skill. You could move around in the box. And I remember, you know, we played this a lot. So then a few years later, because I jumped a little bit, I didn't have much between the NES and then, like, the PS2, I think, was my next console that I owned. So Mm -hmm. there was a jump, right? So when I got back into console gaming and I played a baseball game, it was so complex. And I was just like, oh, my God, there's so many things to keep track of. Swinging involves, like, seven different things plus one of these analog sticks, and it was just such a nightmare. So it was just like, wow, this game has really evolved a lot. So RBI Baseball, I remember for being simple and fun and sort of classic type of stripped-down gameplay. So I played a lot of the Atari sports games because yeah. me and my friends are into all the games, and they're pretty much basic you can get. Right. Some of them are pretty fun though, like, and there's weird glitches to it. Like, um, um, with the basketball uh, Atari game, if you choose one player, you get two player and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And also, the game technically never stops because once the game's over, the lights just turn out and you can keep playing forever. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. That's pretty weird. That's mm. like when you're waiting for a Rocket League game to start, and it'll have you and the other person, and you're just in white cars running around scoring on each other. Hmm. So. God, I've got a screenshot here of a football manager game that was on the Amstrad, which used to show the players, like, 
playing the match out in like real time. Uh-huh. And I just can't believe like we actually played it's games obvious. that looked like this. <laughs> yeah, well. When you God, look back on graphics, man. See, that's the thing. I don't actually don't think in 10 years when we look back on 2016 oh, wow. graphics, when you look back uh, from 2026 to 2016, I think we'll look back and be like, okay, those graphics weren't perfect, but like they weren't. It's not. I mean, there's such a difference between games 10 years ago in 2006 graphics compared to 2016. I don't think we're going to have that. It seems like every year, it, you know, there's less of an increase in how much graphics can improve. Yeah, like 10 years ago, it was like 2006 so yeah. like you're talking compare like oblivion yeah. to the, the witcher 3 right right sure you know it's like if you watch if you play like a vanilla oblivion it yeah. looks like turd <laughs> yeah no doubt compared to like nowadays like the textures are all warped and everything and yeah, that's just yeah, 10 I'm years sure. ago and that's technically still the same generation because mm -hmm. these 360 games Games don't really look that much better than some of the best-looking 360 games. We just have higher resolution now, so it, yeah. it's less aliased. Yeah, I agree. And we have yeah. higher resolution textures a bit and yeah. stuff, but like maybe a little more, you know, fill in more on the rocks more light. And the details. Everything's yeah. fucking. Everything's Blades got that J.J. Abrams yeah. gleaming. Right. You know, no every every flame in a Metal Gear Solid game now has this like <laughs> beam of light that comes right. off it. No doubt. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh, I should have put that up. Okay, here we go. Yeah, these graphics. Wow. That's uh, that's quite a thing, that football manager thing. That's insane. It was just, it was just ridiculous that like you'd actually play games like this that yeah. were just. I, I remember one right. I remember there was there was a football a, a football game on the Amstrad. Yeah. Where, you actually played as the players, and you'd play two player, but you'd both be sat around a keyboard. Like you both know what an Amstrad is, don't you? Yeah. yeah sure. Amstrad CPC. So like me and my friend Mushfeek, I used to go around his house after school. Uh, to go around for tea and stuff. Um, and we'd play this game on his Amstrad, and it was like we'd sit at one side of the keyboard each. But, like, the pitch was like a trapezium shape mm. because it was, like, faking that isometric angle of, like, a pitch but from a TV camera. Uh -huh. But it, but because of the way, like, it was, the pitch was actually trapezium-shaped. So you couldn't run in a straight line from the bottom to the top without going over the the goal line because mm. it, it the pitch wasn't actually rectangular wow. so the the illusion of a trapezium so it would look like the camera was up in the sky yeah. the pitch was actually trapeziumed i don't wow. really know what the word is for that yeah. trapeziumized i'll just make one up <laughs> but yeah it was terrible it. but yeah we used to yeah. play it for hours man the other uh, as well the other game i remember from way back in the day was uh, golf on the game boy um because oh, i got a game boy very early on and and golf was a perfect game because you know Spider-Man was one of the games that I played a lot of on the Game Boy and, you know, obviously all the Mario games, but it was a lot of platformers and it was a lot of, you know, action games. And so golf was such a nice thing because it was just like laid back and just like, ah, have a round of golf, why not? And, you know, it was very rudimentary, but it was fun for what it was. And yeah, we just, I remember playing a lot of that and I guess they had a, they may have had a multiplayer version. You could like pass it back and forth and whatnot, but um, yeah. I played a My lot dad of that. would always get really confused um, when I'd be playing like sports games as yeah. a as a young kid. Why don't kid. you just go outside and play? Yeah, like he'd say like, "Get a fucking ball," <laughs> <laughs> and I'd right. be like, "Dad, it's you know it's raining," and he'd be right. like, "Fucking ball, nah," and all this yeah. like. 
he wouldn't understand that like I want to play these shitty like eight bit polygonal graphic football games rather right. than going outside. But we played outside a lot. Like I am from the generation that did used to live outside and oh, sure. get a cut in the every day. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was just weird. Like we'd pl- we'd sit inside and play football when we could very easily go outside to play football instead. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it was just really weird. But I think what it was, I think it was that that joy of like I can actually play football without going outside. So like, well, and also for those down. of us who weren't very athletic, it was like I could play football. And like actually score a goal once in a while, whereas in real life I would just catch, you know, a horrible stomach cramp and and lose. <laughs> yeah, or or get picked last. You know, right. people who got picked last. Yeah. When oh, you sure. come home, you can manage your own team and trade the players that would have picked you last. Yeah, they can go. <laughs> totally. Um, it was just it's just a sports games. I think have always been a weird genre for me because mm-hmm. it's it's one of them where like, for on one side of it, it's like why play a sports game. Why are people playing sports games when they could play real sports? But then on the other t- on the side, sports games are really pushing the technology every year. Yeah. You know, sports games are the most realistic looking games that I think we have. Oh, yeah, totally. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like every time I see Madden coming out, it's like, is that real football or yeah. is this, you know, is this ESPN or is this sure. like ESPN esports? What right, am I watching right. here? Yeah. I say that with the baseball games, the MLB games look really nice. Yeah. Do you also know that the Mario Tennis on the Game Boy Color is actually a full-on RPG? Really? Yeah. That's weird. Wow. Going off your point about um, like why we play sports games, I prefer like taking a concept like football or tennis and then seeing what someone can do with it. Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's why. Yeah, like, I, I, like was a... I have played my I played a lot of sports games. When we get later on into this bit, I have a big story about FIFA 15. Oh but, snap! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I want Sorry, Britain to be back British. No, there was. I was just going to say there was a game. I think it was on the PS One that mm-hmm. you might people might remember it. I can't remember the name of it, but basically it was like American football, but everyone was wearing like Metroid Prime suits, nice. and it was like a metal ball, and you should throw it. I do it remember that. I played that in the arcade. Hell yeah! Yeah, see now, like Robo like Ball that, or think, something like that. Yeah, that that yeah. ties in what you were saying, Antonio. Where it's like this is a sport that we could play today, but like right. it's in a Judge Dread utopian future <laughs> right. type thing where, like, people will actually die in this game type of thing. Like, Arch I think the Rivals. Boys... Oh, my God. Y'all remember Arch Rivals? Dude, so. that was my... I used to play that in the arcade all the time. Such. Holy crap. It was basketball, and you could punch people in the face. And that's all we ended up doing is just punching each other in the face over and over again. Oh, Holy wow. Holy crap. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just, just... Just going on from that, actually, there was a football game that we used oh, to play. I've I think. This. I think yeah, it was World Cup 98 or yeah. something like that. I think it was on the PS1. Mm-hmm. You could punch players. Like <laughs> nice. they added one of the control buttons, you could punch a player now so you could intentionally foul. Because yeah. I think that was one of the big things in football games over like in the in the mid to late 90s was like right. we're bringing in things that you can do in real life. You can get yellow cards now because you can intentionally slide tackle yeah. players. Oh, sure. oh yeah, I remember the first time I slide tackled in a video game. It was so awesome. But this football game you could like punch, you could punch a player. Yeah. So so you could literally like punch a player. Like we we got it to the point where like six men got sent off and like the game got cancelled or whatever the game yeah. broke. I don't know. <laughs> but like what was funny was the because of the way the game had been programmed, the the referee AI would only see the punch yeah. if it was on camera. Right. So right. if it was 
So what would happen was I'd run down to the, the field where my cousin was doing a goal kick and my play would be in the box with him doing a goal kick. And as he kicked the ball and like the camera follows the ball, yeah. I still control that play. I just hit circle over, punch right. him in the face. He'd go down. The ref would be like, whoa, 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 stop the match. But then wouldn't give me a red card because he never yeah. saw it. Right, right. Because it was just weird. It was just this, he, he used to get really pissed off. Oh, yeah. And like I remember his. we used to play, uh, there was a game on the, I guess it's the NES, like Blades of Glory. I think that was what it was called. Let me see if I can mm-hmm. find footage of this. Um, um, and it was a skating game. It was an ice uh, hockey game. And uh, nope, not Blades of Glory. Blades of Ice? I don't know. Fury? Blades of Blades Fury, of- maybe? That doesn't sound right, but I'll try it. Um, Blades of Hockey Game NES. Let's see if we can find it that way. Blades of Steel. That was it. Oh, snap. So Blades of Steel, right, uh, it was, it had fouling in it. Like you could, yeah, like, you know, stick someone or whatever it's called. I don't know anything about hockey, but um, yeah. And we used to love that because, yeah, it was a chance. To fight. To, yeah, you get to fight. And then uh, there was a mini game where if you fouled someone, it, uh, maybe I can pull it up on the stream here. Like you would have a little mini game where you fist fight and like you punch the person in the face and they punch you. And it was just so cool to be like, ah, forget hockey. Like let's beat the crap out of each other or whatever. Yeah, I'll see if I, I think can find I the fighting thing. Yeah, Blades I of Steel. I played that. so much of this game back in the day. Yeah, uh, I can't that's find another thing as well. Fighting. Like sports games back then. There we go. Here's the fist fight. Sorry. Focused, yeah. What's that? Like all the sports games back then were very co-op focused. Like yeah, oh, they were sure. they were intentionally designed for you to play with a friend. Oh sure, because um, it was all yeah all the time. Mm-hmm. And like right like games like Virtual Tennis and then like the fighting game industry as well. Um, but I think more so the sports games. It was like the football games and the tennis games and the golf games and all that. It was like play with someone and like have this like social experience together yeah, sure so like on a, a sunday afternoon if it was pissing down with rain and you couldn't go out so you and your brother would play like i don't know a round of golf on like tiger woods 96 on the sega right. saturn or something mm-hmm. yeah totally. and i was like it was a bit later than 96 but you, you know what i mean yeah tiger woods games those were my jam that's that's still been in fact recently i cleaned out uh the cabinet where i had all my console games because i still had the xbox 360 and the ps3 but I don't really play them much anymore. So I decided, you know what, it's time to clear all these away. Actually, the Duchess said, hey, we're going to clear this cabinet out. So I had to clean a lot of games out. And the one that I kept was I kept uh, FIFA World Cup, I think like 2014 or something. And um, I kept uh, a Tiger Woods game. Because I'm like, you know what, Tiger Woods, uh, these games I will come back to every once in a while. Because yeah. they're they're really well done golf games. Like it's fun, and I play them a lot. So not a lot, but every once in a while, you know, like I just I want uh, I want to do a round of golf, and it's uh yeah, they're good. I think I just want to point out that I think like GTA Five is their sports mini games are actually fantastic sports yeah, games. I think I agree, they're very well done. They they work really well, especially the tennis. I don't know, it's just it's just they they seem to have put a lot of effort into these little mini games, but yeah. You could actually get together and play around a tennis with a friend, and it'd be like playing a tennis game. Sure. Talking about like mini sports games, Tekken Three had Tekken Ball. That was great. I don't. Remember oh yeah, Tekken, Tekken Ball. Ball. So basically, you um, base. I think it was always against uh, Kuma, which is a bear. And you had to basically have a volleyball match with him. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Intense. Uh, so I'm guessing we're not counting racing games as a sport game. Well, in a way, yeah, because we're not going to talk about racing games specifically. So go ahead. All right. Well, no, I was just thinking because I got. I'm looking at my list of, of the hundred video games I loved when I was a kid, yeah. and one of them was uh, you know Mario Kart and stuff. But um, Matt Hoffman's Pro BMX was one I played a lot of. Mm. So that was basically a carbon copy 
of Tony, Tony Hawk's. Was, yeah, it was Tony Hawk's, wasn't it? But, uh, it was the same the company. BMX. Same company. Yeah, same yeah company. I played that. That was, that was a fantastic little game, that. What mm. was it called? Matt Hoffman's Pro BMX, I believe. I'll sure double check for you now. Let's find out with my very loud keyboard. I'll try and do it slowly. Yeah, it, was, it, it was Tony Hawk's, but with BMXs, wasn't it? You do like the tricks mm -hmm. and there's like half pipes and all that. All right, cool. What's it called? Matt Hoffman's it. Pro BMX. Yeah, yeah that's exactly what it's called. Coming up. And it, I just, it was literally, it's literally Tony Hawk, but BMX. And I think they added a few little things with the level creator. Because I played a lot of these, I played a lot of sport games on demo discs, I remember. I still have them now, actually. Yeah, every like PlayStation mag, you'd have like football games and like basketball mm -hmm. games or whatever would come out. It was, um, I talked about this last time I was on, but do you remember um, Net Yorazo at all? Yeah, I did. That was like the indie demos, wasn't it? We used yeah. to call it Net Euros. We you know, right. never know how to pronounce it because you just read the name. But yeah, you'd have it these demo discs with these indie games, wouldn't you? Mm, there was a super in-depth football game on there, I remember. Where you, I remember, it was, oh, I don't remember what the name was called. Uh, but every every name was fictional, but it was super in-depth. Like, you could plan where everyone is going to exactly go on the pitch. And there was so much effort put into it, especially for a free, packed-in demo, I remember. Mm -hmm. I, I played that a fair bit when I was little. I played a lot of those, like, BM, uh, PS1 sports games. Um, yeah, P with PS1, like, racing games, like, Toka, Toka Racing was really good. And I love the, the Demolition Racer. Really good. I love Demolition uh, Racer. Demolition Derby, was it? Uh, Demolition Derby and Racer were two different ones. Racer... Okay, I played Demolition Derby. Okay. I played Demolition Derby 2. I personally thought it was that great. Demolition Racer, though, yeah. was literally a Demolition Derby racing game. I found it so fun. That sounds, like, so that fun. sounds amazing. Do you know what Like, mm. probably bridges the gap between like action game and sports games by our definition of sports games? It was probably Vigilante 8. It's kind right, of a racing game, but kind of like Mario Kart in a in a big circle like area that you'd fight each other. I don't know if that counts. Can I just say off topic now? I've just been given my Audible credit for this month because I, oh. I subscribe to Audible. Yeah. And right. based on my past purchases, which have all been like entrepreneurial, business, economics books. That's that's kind of all I listen to. Yeah. Um, right. They're suggesting Pride and Prejudice. Where's well, that coming from? <laughs> well, it's a well-known fact that a woman, uh, in man, a man in uh, possession of a fortune, must be in search of a wife. I think that must must be it. Yeah. I mean, I've got Ulysses on here, the Oedipus plays, and Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> nice. Beautiful. Very strange. It's. I always think of Mark Twain when he talks about Pride and Prejudice. He says, "Every time I read Pride and Prejudice, I want to dig Jane Austen up again and beat her to death with her own shin bone." <laughs> I don't really hate Jane Austen that much, but I'm not a fan, so I'm not yeah. a Janeite. Um, so Vigilante Eight, what what is this? It looks like you're driving a tractor around, blowing things up. Yeah, imagine Mario Kart, but in an arena. Yeah. So the battle Mario mode. Kart. Yeah, like Mario Kart has that. <laughs> so the battle it? mode, basically. Yeah. Yeah, so it has that in the modern ones, but like, so you drive around and you pick up like rockets and stuff, and then you shoot at each other, and like, I remember like an airplane level. Uh, it was on the PS1, I think it was on the 64 as well, but I don't think the 64 one was as good. Yeah. Sounds like Twisted Metal. Yeah, it's it's, it's a lot like Twisted Metal, yeah. Vigilante 8, it was called. I it wasn't like, like the 8th like eight, one, as far as I know. I think it was just called Vigilante 8. I think there was like eight vehicles in it or something. Oh, okay. Like an eight, eight on eight, like free-for-all type thing, but it was just... It, was it wasn't really a sports game, but it was good. Yeah. I'll tell you, the yeah, sports game that I spent a lot of time on was, and I know this is something people make fun of me for, but I don't care. Mm -hmm. It's something I loved. And I still probably would like it, but it's not It's Mind not a sweeper? great game. Simpsons Skateboarding. 
and obviously oh. I was into it because it was The Simpsons, oh, yeah. but uh, so I think it was well memory, done it was because it was, it was user-friendly. It was like, you know, you could figure out how to do the grinding and stuff. Now, it was, once you got into, the, you know, like the fourth or fifth level, it was impossible to get the stuff, you know, up in the air that you had to grind to reach or whatever, but uh, I liked it. I had a lot of fun with it. Simpsons games were all went too bad. I remember the Simpsons NES game where you play as Bart Simpson. Some of them were good, some of them were shit. Like there was a lot of bad Simpsons games. But mm, yeah. the one where you were the Bart man, that was good on the NES. Cuz that was the first yeah. one that I remember ever playing. The Simpsons arcade game, of course, is classic. Uh, like Konami one, yeah. Yeah. Um, but there've been a lot of bad ones too. So. Mm. I wasn't ever into Hit and Run. I tried it. Everyone talked about it a lot and really? I was like, eh, yeah, I couldn't get I into it." Yeah. Mm, what about Need for Speed back in the day, like on the PS1? Well, yeah. I remember mm. we used to love Need for Speed. Like Need for Speed 3, I think, was probably my favorite. I was more of a Gran Turismo guy and then on the PS1 anyway. Mate, I, yeah, you've just you've just talked about my heroin. Oh, snap. I used to, um, Gran Turismo 2, I used to, um, like, I used to stay up dead late, like my mum wouldn't know, stay up dead late doing, like, an endurance race, pause it, like, get go sleep, go to school, come home, unpause it, carry on me endurance race. <laughs> Um, in my Subaru Impreza, because I was saving up for a Pikes Peak, um, like Pikes Peak version or whatever the supercar was. Uh, Gran Turismo 2 is probably the best PlayStation game that there ever was, arguably. My favorite racing game for Gran, uh, for Gran Turismo for the PS1 was actually Colin McRae Rally. I love oh, that. Yeah, game. that was a good one. Colin McRae Rally. That's one of my favorite tutorials actually ever, because you have to go through a driving school, and that's why I really have a weird love for Gran Turismo 4 Prologue, because I remember. I thought I got the actual Gran Turismo 4 game, but it was just a prologue. So what, all you got was a driving school. That was the game. Wow. And yes. So it was like, well done, you're ready to drive when the game comes out in two years' time. See you then. <laughs> I think there was a few things, like a few cars, a few tracks. I could be wrong. But um, from my memory of playing it, you didn't get anything apart from the driving school. But I don't know why I have a weird love for that game, how weird you know, selling that yeah. as a game was. A driving school, yeah. I mean, I remember what was weird about... For me, Gran Turismo, like, because it was a simulation. Like, I was used to playing, like, like you said, like Colin McRae, Sega Rally, v, you know, V Rally, oh, um, you know, things like that. And then, like, you play Gran Turismo, and it's like, right, you need you need your B license to do this race. All right, I'll go and get me B license, and you've just got to basically like stop on the line or not hit the cones or what, you know, things like that. And I remember, like, I think the, the day I got me super license, I was like super proud of myself. Because like it's this like the top license that you can get. I think that might be in the first one or the second. That reminds one, me of sure. a game that I played a lot of, which was Driver. Y'all ever play the first Driver game? Yes. Driver was good. Well, I remember yeah, the I played beginning Driver of it. Three. That's it. Yeah, the, the first one three. had you had to prove yourself in this garage, and you had to do this like driving test where you um, could show that you could do like you know 360, 180, and all that. And uh, yeah, it was you were oh, going undercover to nail people or whatever. So there's this whole story, but it Driver, was intense. Driver One was I think the first game that did like a full open city that you yeah. could drive around completely yeah. freely. Oh yeah. Mm. In like a 3D environment, it was like it was not a bad looking game for its time either. Yeah. It was like oh, imagine yeah. like GTA, but you couldn't get out your car. Right, right. And I remember um, they had um, it had destructible fences. You know, people's yard had a fence in front. You could drive yeah. through it. I had a friend who went nuts for that. He was like, drive through the fence again. <laughs> yeah, right. or drive through the cardboard boxes in the alleyways. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, dri Driver 1 was was really good. I think it had, like, a couple of cities as well. Like, um, yeah, yeah. it was like the original GTA where, like, you could choose which city you want to go in. Yeah. Um, on this, you could go, like, San Francisco. I think Miami was another. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, it was a good game driver. I really liked that. And then, like, sim racers, I think, sort of went a little bit more simmy, didn't they, into, like, the PS2 days where, like, that's when you got, like, you know, Gran Turismo, I think, 3 was on the PS2, wasn't it? And 4. Gran Turismo 4, yeah. Many hours there. Yeah, I mean, sim games, I think, like, like, like with sports games, like football, I think... The driving games really pushed the graphics as well because everyone wanted to make the cars realistic for the trailers. Yeah. And at this point, you pro- you know, I couldn't probably tell you the difference between an actual car race and the footage from the latest Forza or whatever it is. Yeah, whenever they're doing the new Forza trailers on E3, I never know if it's like, is this is this footage or is this the game? Right. Because, I mean, you, you know, you don't have really, you know, when you're looking at it from a distance, you don't really have moving parts. It's just, I mean, you know, the tires move around, obviously, but... You, know, you don't have to. Yeah, or like if know, the or if they're panning around there, in the yeah. garage, like if a car's in the in the garage and they're just panning the camera around it, looking at the wheel trims and stuff. Yeah, Sometimes right. you honestly can't tell. Sure, sure, totally. But saying that, we probably said that about these NES hockey games. Well, yeah. Look how realistic <laughs> this is. <laughs> right. What about American yeah. football? Did you guys ever get into that? Play Madden or anything? I played one American football game, which was yeah. Madden 25, when I got my Xbox One, and I went, Nah, this ain't for me. I don't believe I've ever played a, an American football game. I'm just not into it. It wasn't for me. It's not my kind of game. Mm. I played a, a Madden on the PS2. Um, right. I could never really understand the rules. <laughs> I bet, like, yeah. I it's, it's like Americans trying to understand rugby. It's like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, or like cricket. it seemed just it just seemed really restrictive. Like, yeah. like rugby seems restrictive because it's like you only play until the ball's like not been stopped or whatever, and then you stop. And it's like, yeah. I don't know. I never really got that. But in a, in the NFL games, I always used to get that confused. I honestly played that. I did play it quite a lot. I played it to the point where like. I didn't understand what was going on, so I just used to press X on anything, do any play, <laughs> right, yeah. just do whatever, because I didn't know what was going on. So, I, yeah. but it was kind of kind of fun, you know. It, it was was actually all right. Yeah. But I didn't know what was going on. I was just pressing X for the reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, any other sports we haven't talked about? Uh, yeah, this is weird. So I was saying to myself while you were talking, I barely played any PS2 sports games apart from one, which me and my dad played a lot together. Pretty much one of the only games we bonded over. Yeah. I loved Athens 2004 on the PlayStation 2, which was an Olympics game. Olympics game, yeah. Wow. I have a weird love for Olympic games, man. I don't get why. Well, um, I think... I remember a track and field. We haven't even talked about... Oh, track and field. Oh, my God. Yeah, track and field. Holy crap. Let's go talk about yeah, track and field. Where was the first time you remember playing it? Well, NES. me, I was playing on yeah. the Xbox Live Arcade. Oh, really? Wow, because yeah. I used to play it in the arcade, like the stand-up dealie. That was yeah. intense. Cause I, the, I remember the, playing it, I think, on the NES. It was on the NES, wasn't it? Yeah, mm. I think so. I don't remember. Um, I played it on the NES because I used the power pad for it. Do you remember the power pad? It's just pretty much a dance map, but it was just no way to press A and B, really. See, that's the oh, thing. Yeah. On In the arcade, I remember one day they got a new track and field machine in, and it had these like guards around the buttons, so you couldn't slam them that hard. And I was like, what is this? And the guy was like... That's because they kept breaking the buttons. I'm like, yeah, we kept breaking the buttons because we had to hit them hard. He's like, well, now you don't hit them that hard. I'm like, damn it. And it changed the way we played the game. But it was classic. We played it so much. And we never got past, like, the third event, you know, which was, like, the javelin or whatever. But Do it you was want me just... to... I'm going to list all the platforms the um, that Track and Field was released on. Okay. Yes. Um, arcade, NES, MSX, Game Boy, Xbox 360, Commodore 64, Atari 2600, Nintendo DS, ZX Spectrum, Atari 8-Bit Family, Amstrad CPC. Um, I played it on that as well with my friend. Uh, Mobile game, PlayChoice 10, the Apple II, and the X1. It was released on all them platforms. Awesome. 
And this was before the days of patches, apart yeah. from the 360. Imagine if you released mm -hmm. a game back then and like 10, 10 systems or whatever, and you realize, shit, there's a game-breaking bug in it. What are you going to do? Yeah. Um, but yeah, on the Amstrad, games were on like audio cassette tapes. Yeah. I remember so, all that uh, mess. And they used Sorry. to take about half an hour to load, and it would sound like a modem kicking in. So, Antonio, you ah. were talking about uh, Olympics games. I think one of the things that I always liked about track and field, for instance, and games like it, was that you had a variety of things you were doing. You know, like a lot of sports mm. games, you're just playing soccer, you're just playing golf. Yeah. But with these games, you know, you had a lot of different events. So you could do javelin, and you could do the hurdles, and you could do this, you could do that. Yeah, it was I, like an had... Olympics game, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. We had a weird... I remember me and my father had a weird trick with the PS2 version of the... Uh, because quite a few of the events normally went down to A and circle really fast or the two right. sticks really fast. Right. Now, do any of you know what a Kinder Egg is? Nope. Oh, Kinder Egg. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so a bit of chocolate, you eat it, and then inside there's a weird capsule, and inside there's a toy. The trick was, use that capsule and put it in between either the buttons or the sticks. Ah. You'll, win, you'll win every time. Because <laughs> nice. we used to get massive blisters. Because ah. obviously, palm in the center of the stick, going right. like crazy. You're going to blister yeah. your hand eventually. Uh, yeah, great memories on that. I played a lot of um, NBA Streets on the okay. uh, PSP, I remember, as well. They yeah, were fun games then. I used to really enjoy that. I never got into yeah. that. There was a basketball game I used to play a lot. Double Dribble back on the NES was a big thing. But... Mm. And there's always yeah, the NBA the... Jam as well. Yeah. I only played yeah, like NBA Jam. You had like M NBA Street, FIFA mm. Street, like these arcade sporty games. I think they were quite fun. Yeah. yeah, I enjoyed those. I enjoyed and and they did that with, like, the show, the MLB baseball game, the show. Because I think mm -hmm. it was trying to do, like, like I said, baseball games can get so complex that it's sometimes nice to have a stripped-down version of it where it's just, you know, kicking back, having fun, goofing around, and it's not so serious. And I think the show was more, you know, for a casual player. And I really appreciated that. That's what I, I think some street versions were to me, yeah, really. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like a casual thing. Like, I... I I can't believe we haven't mentioned it yet, and it's probably because, um, and it, this might be considered a hate crime. Uh, <laughs> it's it's not a real sport. We have, so we haven't mentioned it, but all the wrestling games I used oh, to I was love. Them. Say Antonio is yeah, about well, ready to talk about these. Yeah, games. I'm a wrestling fan, so yeah. Yes. Yeah, so one like, of the games I, I played I this week up, was a wrestling game. Like I grew up like on wrestling. It was like my bread and mm -hmm. butter. So like I, as soon as like uh, you know, I had like Mayhem game on the sixty four and like Attitude mm -hmm. on the PS one, then SmackDown, SmackDown two, SmackDown three, then SmackDown vs Raw, and all the SmackDown vs Raw games, and then all right. So what's the like, best wrestling video game that's ever been made? Oh, yeah. It's my opinion, really, because a lot. Of course, it's opinion. That's all the show is. Tell I us know, your but, opinion. Because, um, but a lot of the older wrestling fans say No Mercy on the N sixty four. Yeah, No Mercy is considered in the I just in wanted to know what to put on the stream while we're talking about wrestling games. Mm. I think No Mercy is, I think it's because like the game modes, there was quite a lot of game modes. There was a, a quite a big roster and it was like the classic roster because uh, it was like the Attitude Days. So you had like, mm -hmm. you know, Austin and all that sort of stuff and yeah, Triple Austin H Mank before. And The Rock and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah it was like the, the, the glory days of like the WWE um, before okay. it got involved with like, you know, before it got involved with WCW. You know, after the Monday Night Wars and then, like, WCW got bought and they had Invasion, which I thought was actually pretty cool. I think once they had Invasion and then they split the shows between the two and then you're on one or the other, I think from there it kind of went a bit downhill because it was always one of them funny things where, like, they'd kick off at each other on a Saturday on SmackDown and they'd be like, right, I'll see you t tomorrow at WrestleMania and then they'd fight on WrestleMania and then the next day on Raw. So three days in a row they'd, like, have the same argument. Mm. Um I think for me, because like No Mercy and WrestleMania on the on the Nintendo 64 were good games, but I think for me it was probably like the third SmackDown game. 
yeah. second or third SmackDown for game me, when they introduced Hell in a Cell properly. Yeah. I believe that one's called Here Comes the Pain, I think. Um, I could be wrong. That's the one I played a lot of. For me, it's either that one or SmackDown vs. Raw 2007 for me. Because after that, they became more and more sim-like. And yeah. hell, two days ago, I was playing SmackDown vs. Raw. Sorry, WWE 2K16, because that was a free Xbox One game uh, for oh, the, yeah. this, these two weeks. Yeah. Oh, it's so slow and so boring. <laughs> like, there, there are things that are great about it. Like, I used to love creating my own venue, my own entrance, my own wrestler. That is better than ever. But in terms of the wrestling, it's very similar. Like, it's very grapple chain wrestling style is the term. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's not for me. It's not for me. Well, that's the thing is, it seems like things. the last thing you want a wrestling game to be ever is boring, like slow. Mm. Like that's it's the excitement. Yeah, like, right? I think like SmackDown Three was called um, "Just Bringing It." Had the Rock on it on the cover, and then oh, okay, SmackDown okay. SmackDown Two was "Know Your Role," and so I think SmackDown Two. I think for me, it, it's one of the best because like I think it introduced like like I think in SmackDown One they had the Hell in a Cell, if I'm remembering rightly, but it was just a cage with a with a roof. It wasn't actually a, a hell in a cell. Well, well let me ask you this. The one that had the rock on it, that was the one that had the like multimedia thing where you could scratch and sniff. Is that correct? Because that way you could smell what the rock was cooking. <laughs> there it is. There's my one wrestling joke. You're welcome, everybody. So SmackDown 2 um, had like Triple H when he was like world champion days. It had, mm -hmm. still had the rock. It had Jericho when he was still Y2 Jericho. Um, it had Badass Undertaker. It still had Austin in it, um, and it was fantastic. And then I think SmackDown, I think the fourth game was Here Comes the Pain with Brock Lesnar, I think. I think that was the fourth one. But that one was really good, I think, because in the story mode, it had those like trailers, right. didn't it? Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm looking at the official WWE site. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah so like it had those, because the story mode was always a bit shit in the first game, and then the second game, it was always like about player choice. Like it, You'd be backstage, and someone would come up to you and be like, you know, what are you doing? You know, Why are you looking at China's butt or whatever? And then you'd mm -hmm. like push them or not and then you'd be in the main event but and here comes the pain it had that thing where like it flashback to like all the rivalry stuff that had been going on over the past month and then you'd have the main event like that's how you'd play it and it'd be like yeah i remember like putting triple h through that table that's class um mm. you know things like that or sometimes it'd be stuff that didn't actually really happen it was just fake fmv stuff that was just you know oh they had a slapping match in the in the in the gym or whatever but what was also i think really good about those early smackdown games is you could go backstage and have a yeah, fight yeah so one of the biggest selling points of 2k17 is that backstage brawls are back that's one of the biggest Dude. selling points of that i used to love going to like um the parking lot was my favorite lot to be in favorite area yeah they would just once you could like you you could have like you'd have like a no you know no disqualification match um, mm -hmm. You'd have all the weapons, um, and I think SmackDown Two was around the time of Hardcore Holly as well. I don't know how far back you you go with wrestling, but do you remember? Do you remember? Well, like, I, I've, I'm, I've, I've, I grew up in like I started watching it in 2005, and I've been back, so I know most things. Okay, so that was like the one of my favorite times in wrestling history. Like, and you know, I know like Hulk Hogan and like Macho Man and all that was good, but when Crash Holly said come after this hardcore title whenever you want. It was amazing because, like, mm. you'd have Raw and then, like, you'd have, like, a match and then it'd, like, do the story thing, you know, between the matches. And it'll be Crash Holly going into a hotel room. For some reason, the cameras were there. And then, like, <laughs> I don't know, like, 
someone to jump out of the toilets and like try and pin him to try and win his hardcore title. And it was just amazing. And then they finished it. I think they ended that rivalry with like a 15-man hardcore match. Yeah, so and they ended that with um that that feud I think you're on about was ended up don't which WrestleMania. I think it might have been 18. I don't know. Don't remember that. But it was a battle royale and basically for 15 minutes, whoever got pinned became that champion, and the winner was whoever's yes. champion at the end of that that match. Yes. So people were oh. champions for like nine seconds. <laughs> that was so good. Oh, that mm. was amazing. I can't remember who ended up winning at the end. You know, oh, I can't I remember. I can't tell you that. I can't tell you that. Yeah, I remember but that. that was around the time like Steve Blackman was still in it and stuff. But yeah, that Crash mm. Holly whole storyline was just amazing. It was so entertaining. Um, oh, they, they were the days, man. They were the days. Mm. Those were the days. All right, we should move on before too much longer. Are there any other sports yeah. games that we haven't talked about? Uh, have a cool thing. Well, there's obviously the the FIFA and all that stuff because I I do I've only really gotten into FIFA 15, mm-hmm. and there is like a backstory behind that. Really, yeah. there is a backstory behind that for me. Uh, story, story, story time. Yeah. Right. Okay. So in FIFA, there's a mode called Ultimate Team. Do you know what that is? Ultimate Team. You put together like an all-star type thing. So yeah, you start with a rubbish team, and through earning coins or points. You either buy players or buy packs to get those players. Yeah. Now, until... So, basically, Fever Coins were a commodity. You could basically sell them in for real money. But it, EA shunned this, really. And the reason I got so much into Fever 15 was I loved playing games to try and earn coins, to try and get packs to open the packs to get amazing players and then sell them off. Yes. So, basically, I used it as a tool to make a bit of dough and have a bit of fun at the same time. Mm-hmm. And every year around January there's a team of the year in real life so who, who played best in, during the year one player per position and those people got FIFA cards and I ended up packing after opening so many packs and spending money amount of money I shouldn't really say <laughs> um, I got two of the blue players like oh my god yes oh my yes god. I can sell them and combined the coins combined I can make about £100 off it Whoa. and I was like I, I just don't and looking back now, I feel like a fool for not realizing it. But on EA's Twitter, they said major update coming to Ultimate Team. Oh, no. I was like, oh, I was like, oh what's this? I wonder. I remember the exact time I was in McDonald's with some friends after college. And I went, lads, what's this? And it was called Price Ranges. Oh. So, bas- so basically, how you sold players before was you would get a rubbish player and then sell them for a million coins, for example. And then a coin... A coin website which you bought the coins from and buy that player and give you those coins. That's how you would sell coins. Wow. So, say I spent a tenner to get a hundred coin. Sorry, a hundred thousand coins, which was a rip off, by the way. I put I put that player up, and they yeah. buy it from me, and right. I get those coins. What Price Range just does is it it makes you not able to sell the play like a rubbish player for a high price. Oh. So it it got rid of you know you being able to sell your players i felt like a rocket just hit me in the head man i was like oh i spent so much money on this i was about i that day i was going to go home and sell those players that's like the simpsons when homer's like bubbles can burst (laughs) so i think they're worth about six million coins before this drop and at the end of 15 the players combined were worth about 150,000. so i lost out on a loss of money and after that, I was like, I am not playing FIFA again. <laughs> there you go. He's got a personal and vendetta against it now. And since then, I haven't played it. Oh, there it is. I uh, also played a lot of Punch Out on the Wii. That was fun. Yeah. Punch Out on the Wii. Punch was very Out fun. is classic. Yeah, no doubt. Mm. 
the, uh, the Wii version is my favorite version by far. I never played it on the Wii, but I remember Mike Tyson, man, back in the day, running those laps in front of the, uh, I guess they weren't laps, but going jogging in front of the Statue of Liberty while your trainer mm. was riding along with you. Classic well, no, um, stuff, man. In On the Wii version, the big, like, big extra boss is Donkey Kong. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, Donkey Kong's the... But does the it have Soda Popinski? Because he was the one I remember loving. Oh, God. I Man. think so, yes. Because they had the old characters and a lot of new ones. So classic. Bald Bull was the one who drove me nuts because I could never figure out how to deal with him. My brother was mm-hmm. like, just dodge out of the way. I was like, I tried that. I suck. And thus began a long history of me sucking at video games. <laughs> All right. Well, we do need to move on. So now it's time for emails. Uh, emails! All right, well, um, I've put the email into the Skype chat. Does somebody else want to read that one? Rich, you want to do the honors? I don't see it. Yeah, I don't see it either. Oh, I just put (laughs) it in the Skype chat. Uh, also, also Rocket League. Can't get Rocket League in this Rocket best League, yeah. Games. And yeah. it's funny because I was doing a search for um, best video games, and Pong came up as one of those listed. I well, like, yeah. I do love Pong on the PS1. Yeah. All right, well, I'll just read the brilliant. email then. Uh, okay. This is from Derek Sains, our classic uh, emailer who always emails in. Uh, ready, set, go, veteran gamers. Now that the Rio Olympics have come to an end and teams USA and Great Britain topped the medal table, I'm wondering why there has been no dedicated Olympic video game this time around. I heard the same question. This is weird. I didn't look at this email before I decided we were going to do sports games, and yet we have perfect synchronicity. How about that? Oh, my God. Damn. I heard the same question discussed on the Game Informer podcast recently, and I came to the conclusion that the Olympics are simply too big and varied to tempt games companies to do it justice. I know that Team VG are not exactly sports or VR enthusiasts, but wondered if, by the next Olympics in 2020, VR could come into its own as far as video games are concerned. I'm thinking of a cross between the latest 2020 VR headset and updated versions of the various Wii remotes that have been available over the years. Finally, if the VG crew could represent their country at any Olympic sport, summer or winter, what would it be? Keep on going for the podcast gold, Derek. So let's take these questions one at a time. Why is there no Olympics uh, video game this time, do you think? Because uh, the company that made the 2012 version uh, is closed down. Oh. I know that. Because I, 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 I wanted, because when I heard that, you know, you know, Olympics is coming, I was like, oh, yes, a new Olympic game. Because I got 2012, uh, uh-huh. London 2012 Olympics. Like, it's, it's pretty fun. Yeah. I'll, I'll get this. And I was like, why is the only Olympic game Mario and Sonic? Oh no! What, what's going on? And yeah, turns out that that division of Sega shut down. So why wouldn't someone else step up into the mix? I mean, you'd think the Olympic company, the Olympic committee, would be just Very true. dying to have something out I, there to make I more guess, money from. I guess now the Olympic license is owned by the creator of Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. Huh. Interesting. I know it's not Nintendo. I want to find out who actually made Mario and Sonic games because so they're weird. they're pretty fun, but not amazing. It's not Olympics. I mean, it's like. It's cartoon Olympics. It is to racing what, you know, it is to the Olympics what Mario Kart is to racing, right? I mean, I haven't played them, I assume. I mean, um, myself then, so you didn't hear the keyboard. Let's okay. find out so, who made it. Rich, uh, if you could represent uh, your country at the Olympics sport, what sport would it be? Oh, no, it was Sega that made this. Um, Probably taking the longest to... Answer. <laughs> uh, I'd probably do basketball, probably. Basketball. I'd like to do a really niche sport, actually. Yeah. I'd like to do a very niche sport. Like fencing, there are some maybe? very That's unusual sports. Kind of niche? Yeah. 
niche. Okay. What's 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 a niche Olympic sport? You think like like equestrian type stuff. Well, yeah. So like you know you you expect all the ball style games and all like the track and field style games, but things like rugby you wouldn't expect to be an Olympic sport, would you? Something like that. Mm. You know what I mean? No. Like, I mean, I'm a pretty good runner, like short distance. I could probably do like the. I mean, I, mean, I wouldn't BMX come close. Ooh, that would be nice. I could do proofreading if they had the 200 meter proofread. I'd be good at that. Oh, well, we're talking about real things. Oh, I'd um, <laughs> I'd play Age of Empires for the Olympics. Oh yeah, classic. Yeah, man. Um, Arabia and what do you think Rush. about VR in the future? Some sort of VR headset and updated versions of the various Wii remotes? Would that be a thing that you'd be interested in for the Olympic Games in the future? I'd love to try it. I'd probably try that at a convention, though, and not really buy it. But definitely, I'd love to do some VR kind of game. But then, that, but then when you do that, the argument of why aren't you playing the real sport yourself becomes even more It of really does, point. especially when it's like, hey, do the high jump, and then people are like jumping around their living rooms and stuff. Like, Mm. That, yeah, the point becomes even more of making sense. <laughs> I mean, you're standing there, waving your arms around. You might as well do it outside. Mm. Yeah, but like one step away from having the three seashell. <laughs> three seashell. Oh, my God. Talk about yeah. wiping our asses. All right. <laughs> it's time for Speak Pipes. Speak Pipes. Speak Pipes. It's the way to leave a no, message no, it's for crap. us. Okay, uh, if these are like any of the other weeks that we've had them, uh, they're all from the same person, but uh, let's pull them up one at a time and just find out, shall we? Uh, so the first one is from One-Eyed P.I., and it's one minute long, so here we go. Yep, Jason Gall. One-Eyed P.I. here again. Still pissing out. Still being chased. But by something else. I researched the book. Listen to uh, the same cast. <laughs> Something about ball sack and <laughs> sex. I've changed my mind about this book. Mind wipe. Everybody needs to go rush out and get their copy right now. <laughs> we all need to have our minds wiped to lift this curse on the podcast please everybody oh shit it's after me find my book find my book find my book so uh, Jason there was talking about this book I wrote called Mind White which is about dealing with stress and uh, ego and so forth and it's available for five bucks or there's a Kindle version for one dollar and uh, yeah maybe it'll be helpful for people uh, there's a chapter from it on the VeteranGamers.co.uk website, which has been redesigned by our own Richard Webster. So, yay! Thank you, Rich, for that. And, um, yeah, check it out. Yeah, people seem to like it. Yeah, the website's mm. awesome. It's nice. Are the new bios up yet, or have those still not been posted? I've still not done those ones That's yet. That's fine. I gave them to Chinny a just... while ago. I don't know if he passed them on or not, but probably not, because yeah. he's Chinny. No, I've got him. Yeah, I've oh, got him. Okay. I just haven't, haven't done it yet. And I've just realized as well, we don't have a SpeakPike link on the new site, so we'll have to put Armager. something together on the uh, contact page, I think. Yeah, that's fine. Mm. Um, we weren't getting them right when it was on the very front page anyway, so, <laughs> you know, the one the people yeah. who did send them still know how to do it, so <laughs> six and one half dozen the other. But people should go ahead and send a SpeakPipe somehow. Figure out a way, man. Record into an audio, uh, you know, file, and then just mail it to us. I remember on the uh, Couch Mercenaries, I think, 
once or twice people would record an MP3 and just email it to the well, show. Yeah, why not? I think I did that once for this. That's show. not so hard. You could do that. Come on, people. Rest in peace, Couch Mercs. I still remember yeah. that show. Um, yeah, so the next speak pipe, the final speak pipe, is also from Jason Gar. So let's have a listen to this. This is the Great Arrow. <laughs> what the fuck? I was very upset to hear that Chris MJW and Kilch took the mini to the Brighton Parade. Woo-hoo. Didn't they were camping with a sheep? <laughs> Not cool, guys. Why didn't you invite me? That's okay. Just remember the three things to lift the curse. The book, mind wipe, the wet t-shirts. And last but not least, I'll tell you later, things will be very hairy soon. <laughs> I gotta go. I'm tracking down someone very near to me. He will pay. This jealousy must end. And <laughs> Jason Gulliver's got problems. But we appreciate you mailing in those unusual audio files. So thank you, Jason Gallagher. Little productions every week. Two of them. All right. It's time we do some shout-outs and get the hell out of here. It's time for a shout-out. Hey! So, Antonio, go ahead. Do some shout-outs. Well, thank you for having me on. Uh, Shout-out to Stu and Chinny because the next time I probably actually speak to them, we'll probably be in person at Eurogamer next, uh, next month. So that'll be very good fun. Shout and what's out the date of you. that for people who want to go? Um, 22nd to 25th. So it starts at first day of 22nd and it ends Sunday the 25th. And that's in Birmingham. Awesome. If you want to go. What are you most looking forward to in Eurogamer? Oh, God, I don't even know what's there, actually. Let's find, let's find out live. Um, let's find out live. live. Also, shout out to the university that accepted me because I didn't think I was going to get in. Huzzah. So that's very lovely. I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you for not leaving me stranded. Uh for three years. I really appreciate that. <laughs> so that's the only uh, one you applied to then? I applied to a few. Oh, and okay. um, so basically, the way the current system works is you have to choose one as your strict one. Oh, interesting. And I, I went, right, this one's going to be my strict one. And I, I'm okay. just grateful I got in, really. Yay. Even though I'll be in much debt. <laughs> much, much debt, but yeah. what are you going to do? Not as much as American students, probably. Mm, I don't know. know. I wonder if that is the case. Maybe not. I'm pretty sure that's not why people listen to this, to find out that. Yeah, no, no, they're dying to hear more about college debt. So, while you're finding out what's going to be at Eurogamer, Rich, any shout-outs? Um, yeah, I, I just want to quickly do a correction of my SmackDown lineage Uh-oh. game list. Um, I got the I got oh. the order mixed up slightly. Uh, you had SmackDown 1, then SmackDown 2, uh, Know Your Role, and they were on the PS1. Um then SmackDown 3 was actually Just Bring It. That was had The Rock on the cover. That was on the PS2. SmackDown 4, which I incorrectly said was Here Comes the Pain, was actually Shut Your Mouth. And oh, then SmackDown yeah. 5. That was, what that means. Yeah. SmackDown 5 was Here Comes the Pain, which was probably the best one in the series up until that point, I think, graphically and, you know, match types and all that. And I will say this as well, that one of the other reasons why people consider the N64 games the superior ones as well is because they had actual ring entrances at the time. The very uh, in uh, SmackDown, the person would come out and like the video would play in the background. Mm-hmm. 
and you just have the character walking in front of the video. It wouldn't actually be like a proper entrance. Um, so yeah, it was very strange. I think Attitude had... Um, I remember WWF Attitude, when Austin used to come out to the ring, he, um, he used to break through a glass wall that didn't exist, like in the entrance. <laughs> That's how he used... You know, for his entrance music. <laughs> so he used to do that. Um, Shout-outs. I just want to shout-out you guys for having a really good discussion about sports games because... Yeah. It's not really something we talk about, is it, in you know, sports games? It's true. Really? Mm. It did kind of um, divulge into wrestling and racing, but... That's all good. Yeah. But, yeah, it's all good. Um, yeah. And I think it's important to remember that, you know, um, you just have to be happy and play games. That's right. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, so I will me. shout out um, everyone listening, of course, uh, people in the chat. I think we may have had a troll spammer type person with... Legatimini, uh, dicks out for Harambe. I don't even know what that means. Oh, uh, that's, that's a meme. Seems oh, okay. Meme. Well, maybe it isn't a stroll then. Fetus Baby Snack, I know we've seen before. Cool guy, Mike. Uh, yeah, thanks for joining us in the Twitch chat. Everyone listening on the podcast. Cheers to Chinny for putting this up tomorrow. Um, yeah, and Chinny Stu, hope you guys had a good vacation. Shout out to the Duchess. Uh, and Mighty Ice Dude sent me some cool photo art. Uh, stuff that he had done on Instagram, which is pretty neat. And shout out to you guys, Antonio and Rich, for filling in at the last minute. And, uh, yeah, being here to chat about games and stuff. And everybody I've been playing Rocket League with, I encountered someone named Zach Brannigan recently. So as soon as his name showed up, I was like, ugh, I'm not as much of a fan of Velour as you are, sir. And then for the rest (laughs) of the game, we kept trading Kiff and... uh, Zap quotes back and forth, so that was fun. It's always cool when you have someone who recognizes, you know, the cultural reference that you're doing. Mm-hmm. I actually had someone whose whose uh, username was Get Thee to a Nunnery, and I was like, oh, cool Hamlet reference, dude. He's like, yeah, it's my favorite Shakespeare. I was like, well, Macbeth is better, but that's just my opinion. We had a Shakespeare nerd talk during Rocket League, and the other people were like, you guys fucking suck, fags. I was like, whatever, you're just mad because you don't read Shakespeare. Don't be, don't hate. <laughs> I found the list for what's going to be. I'll just say the AAA ones. Yeah. Since there, there, there are some good indie game ones I want to play yeah. there. Uh, Battlefield One's going to be there. Would Ooh, you play that? Would you queue yes. up for that? I might. Uh, Destiny: Rise of Iron. Personally, <laughs> I'm not going to play that. Endless Legend: Tempest. Never heard of it. Have you? Nope. Is that uh, isn't Endless Legend the um, Civilization knockoff with fantasy settings? I uh, don't know. The site isn't really telling much. Just telling yeah. who the team is. Yeah. Uh, there's also Endless Space Two next to it. Okay. Uh, Grand Turismo Sports, Horizon Zero Dawn, which I really want to play. Yeah. Uh, Little Nightmares, which just got announced actually. Motorsport Manager. So, well, there you go. Manager game, game yeah. Yeah. For some reason, Overwatch is there. I'm guessing that's what? for a tournament. <laughs> I guess. I've noticed that with cons, like especially where come play the new games. Like mm. Street Fighter Five is there. That was there last year. <laughs> and by the Second way, here's seven. Pong. Uh, Sonic Mania. I'm excited to play that. The PlayStation VR will be there again. Yeah. Warhammer 40K, Dawn of War 3, and WWE 2K17. And a lot of indie games, which some look really cool. Yeah. Is Cuphead coming out anytime soon? Someone posted on Facebook, a friend of mine was like, hey, check out this video game. It looks like a 30s cartoon. And I'm like, yeah, it's Cuphead. It's never coming out. Yeah, Cuphead was there last year, and I got to play it. But it's not on the list here. I don't know. Do we have a release date for that anybody now? I got not a clue. Not a clue. Cuphead release date. Uh, 2016. Yeah, okay. Whatever. (laughs) <laughs> I just want to say as well before um, before we finish off because I haven't said it on this show say yet. Say it. Um, I think Doom is probably game of the year. What? Really? Oh yeah. my goodness! 
I can't say, but I think Chinny and Stu would have something to say about that. In what yeah. sense? You are insane, Richard. I think Doom sort of recaptures like all of the all everything that makes video games fun, and it was a very fun game. From I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think it, it it takes you back to when games were like nothing like real life at all. Nothing in Doom is realistic. Yeah, even the voices are all robotic. Um, True. So it's it's just one of them things. I haven't played a game this year yet that beats it for me. It's just like, wow, this is what it was like to be in the 90s but as an adult. Um, so, yeah, I think Doom. But Well, I got to say, Overwatch is my game of the year so far. So I haven't played Doom, so I can't really say. I, mean, I played the multiplayer oh, the, beta. But... The, the FPS porn game. Well, <laughs> I didn't know there was an FPS porn game. Yeah. What's, is well it called the FPS porn game? porn game? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, no, on that note, uh... <laughs> oh, no, actually, before we go, because it, it it seemed to be quite surprising, just really quickly, what are your games of the year up to now, guys? Oh god, I don't even thought about that. Um, uh, probably going from the game I've had most fun with, probably Overwatch. Yeah, me too. Really? Yeah, yeah probably Overwatch for most fun. I'm yeah. loving it. Weird. I've got uh, no interest in that game at all. But I didn't. Need, I didn't have much interest, and then I, you know, I, I had people. I had friends posting about it. And I'm like, all right, I'll give it a try. And I'm just, yeah, like, so even you know, sometimes it's you end up if if you if you are if you're a lone wolf on a team with other lone wolves, and then you end up against a team that where everyone knows each other, you're just done. Forget it. You're gonna get slaughtered. But yeah. when you have a bunch of randoms together, it's just chaotic and crazy and fun and, yeah. Find a person who works for you. When I when we have these, you know those uh, matches, Antonio, where it's like you both have to capture a control point. Yeah. And and I set up as Bastion with my back to their spawn. You know they have to come around the wall. Like mm-hmm. I'm just unstoppable because it's only going to be one or two of them. They don't they don't work well enough to come in and uh, swarm. And so as soon as they show up, I'm just like, Brr! and they haven't gotten Genji, so I'm like, yeah, they could easily stop me, but they don't. Sounds like Team Fortress 2. It's a lot like Team Fortress 2. It is too, pretty much Team Fortress 2, yeah. It's more yeah. of a shooter, I think. It's more like... I, the thing I always bug me about Team Fortress 2 is that it's more cartoony, and you don't have anybody with an automatic weapon, for instance. You know, the mm. minigun. But okay. um, but this game has a lot of people with like, assault rifles and stuff like that. So, yeah, I love it. I think it's great. What about you, Rich? You said... You do um, what, what could be the game of the year? Yeah. Uh, Battlefield 1 could topple Doom for me. Yeah. Um, Battlefield One, maybe Civ Six. We'll see how that goes. Oh. But yeah, did you like Beyond Earth? Um, I never tried Beyond Earth, but I like okay. Five a lot, and I played. Yeah, four I like Five a lot. a lot too. I heard really bad things about Beyond Earth, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I, I liked Five. I played a lot of Four. Yeah. Uh, played a lot of Civ Rev. Uh-huh, um, sure. I'm also looking forward to the, to Pokemon Summon the Moon. I know that sounds really weird, All right. uh, mm-hmm. but that, I think that could be could be fantastic from what I've seen of the gameplay and all that. It's essentially going to be like a, a real game. Like a proper 3D game. Like cool. Firewatch is going to be high up there for me way. at the end. Firewatch will be pretty high up there for me. I really so enjoyed I Firewatch. Play that. Yeah, Firewatch is meant to be good, wasn't it? I really it? enjoyed yeah. Firewatch. Mm-hmm. I think I'll f- get that in a fire sale. Ah-ha! <laughs> <laughs> Yourself. 
<laughs> All right. Well, Fuck thank yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you guys very much for joining us, and everybody in the chat. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you. Uh, yes. And I gotta go walk the dog. I don't need to eat. I don't eat all day. Well, you go eat. Go take care of yourselves. Rich, have a good night. Yeah. Nice talking to you, boys. Yeah, good talking good, to you guys. Thanks, thanks for filling in.